One, one golden vampire. Two, two golden vampires. Are we gonna go through all seven? <laughs> I don't want to see an ordinary film. I want to see something extraordinary. Your sacrifice completes my sanctuary of one thousand testicles. You ever feel as if your mind had started to erode? Welcome to 1,000 Wives of Weird, a podcast where we discuss weird films. I'm Billy Martell, and with, with on, and more often than I am at this point uh, on the show is... Brad Hefner. Uh, uh, and uh, we're here to discuss a film called The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, or in the Chinese, Seven Golden Corpses, or Ooh. in America, The Seven Brothers and Their One Sister Meet Dracula. Seven Brides for Seven Draculas. <laughs> So, we're, uh, as I said, we're going to talk about the movie called The Seven Golden Vampires, which is a sort of unique blend. I want to bring it on the show because I am a huge fan of Hammer movies and Hammer horror films, and uh, Brad is a huge fan of uh, Kung Fu movies, uh, Wuja films, and uh, we both, that's sort of something that we... Uh, get together on or whenever yeah. we get together for movie nights most of the time it's going to be some sort of action movie kung fu film yeah and or this... it's me texting you being like oh my god you oh need to god, check it out this they jump rope in the thorn bush yeah, and they're the fighting <laughs> but so this movie seemed like a, an interesting mix because it was made during the towards the end of hammer's famous horror cycle as a co-production with the Shaw Brothers, the infamous Shaw Brothers. Yeah. Would you say famous or infamous for the Shaw Brothers? Uh, famous. Famous? Uh, they were hugely influential. Sure. Although, for whatever reason, sometimes I see this credited as like a Golden Harvest movie, which is... what? And Golden Harvest is another company that made... Yes. I, was, I meant to look up the history of Golden Harvest, see if there was some overlap. Sure. But uh, I didn't do that. That's okay. I started to, and then I was done on the toilet. And I never went back to it. Sure. Well, uh, Har yeah. So the Shaw Brothers uh, were a company that made a lot of very fast and cheap kung fu movies. Yes. And I mean, like, a lot of them. The the movie, this movie is co-directed by one of Hammer's standard directors and one of the Shaw Brothers directors. The uh, English guy, Roy Ward Baker, directed maybe between five and ten movies for Hammer. Yeah. The Shaw Brothers guy directed 90 movies. Yeah. No, the Asian... Uh, <laughs> Asian film production yeah. thing was just nuts. Just uh, an absolute mill of, pro of of content. There's a guy who I've fallen in love with recently called Seijun Suzuki, who mm -hmm. in a 12-year span did 40 movies. Ooh, boy. Um, for, uh, oh, Nikatsu. Nikatsu. Yes. All right. And hopefully, very soon, I will bring, be bringing on his film, Branded to Kill, which is a wild-ass time. I will try and be as brief as I can, because this is one of my hyperfixations. Got but, you. Uh, Hammer Studios, for those who don't know, uh, was a British film company that was struggling in the 1950s. They were about to declare bankruptcy, and they discovered that they could make money by using the newly created X rating in England to market their films to young people who wanted to see things their parents didn't want them to see. Mm. Uh, so they started making a whole bunch of movies that were based on pre-existing properties, including... Uh, Dracula and Frankenstein and basically any horror movies that Universal had already made and making them a lot more bloodier and sexier than they had been previously. Now, by 1950s standards, so it's still yes. very chased by today, but it was 
more crazy than anything anyone had seen at the time. And one of their most iconic series was their Dracula series of films, which starred Christopher Lee, the famous Christopher mm. Lee as Dracula, and in a couple of them, but not all, Peter Cushing as Professor Van Helsing. Peter Cushing and Van Helsing were sort of the face of Hammer, so they yes. were in most of their franchises, and in particular in this one. And they were very good friends in real life. Extremely good friends. They would do uh, Looney Tunes impressions at they each other. They would. They would call each other up and do Looney Tunes impressions. There's a great... You can actually see them doing it in a, in a, in a clip... If you look up Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, last meeting, the last time they ever got together was filmed. Before they had to kill each other in a duel. Right, exactly. And uh, you can see them doing the Looney Tunes impressions to each other and Peter Cushing just dying laughing at everything <laughs> Christopher Lee's saying. They were absolute sweethearts. Christopher Lee was a classics nerd and a literature snob, and he hated that he kept making sequels involving content that was not written by Bram Stoker. Gotcha. He hated he thought that they were pissing on Bram Stoker's grave every time they made a Dracula movie, but Hammer kept emotionally manipulating him into being in the movies. Oh, you told me about this because yes. they'd be like, "Well, all these people are going to be out of work, Chris." Right. Yeah, yeah. We already extremely unethically sold a movie starring you as Dracula to the American distributors, and if you don't do it now, even though we didn't ask you before, you're going to ruin the company and all these people are going to be out of work. It was terrible. Hammer started to fall by the wayside in the late 70s, early 80s, because... Everyone was watching mainstream pornography. Right, exactly. And uh, and also, just like, American horror movies had gone so much farther than they were willing to go. Yeah. So they kept trying to keep up with the trend, and when you are a trend chaser, inevitably you fall on your ass. The Dracula films got worse and worse until Christopher Lee just finally refused to do another Dracula film. The straw that broke the camel's back. He threw back. his medallion into the river. It's like, uh, no, like Dirty Harry at the end of that film. No, Just never again. Like... Uh, the straw that broke the camel's back was the movie that we're about to watch. Yes. He was in every movie, no matter how shit they were, up until this moment when they said, hey, we're going to do a Kung Fu Dracula movie. And he said, jump up my ass. <laughs> Peter Cushing is still in it because at the time, Peter Cushing's wife, Helen, died. And she had been dead for two years. She had been dead for two years. Peter Cushing reacted to the death of his wife like a character in a Victorian novel. The grief literally started disintegrating him from the inside out. The reason why he looks as old as he does in this movie is not because of his actual age. It's because he started aging prematurely after oh, his wow. wife's death. He was written to be in one of the Dracula movies called Dracula AD 1972 as a character's father. They had to rewrite it to be a grandfather because he had changed so much. In oh, such man. A well, originally time. he was the son. And one of the ways the unhealthy coping mechanisms he resulted, he, he came up with to deal with Helen's death was to say yes to every project anyone gave him, which is also why he was in Star Wars. He did not believe in that script. Oh, okay. Yeah, but he was like, okay, <laughs> can I, I wear just, my slippers? Sure. I thought he just really wanted to be a Grand Moff. I thought that was his <laughs> dream since he was a child. Peter Cushing had a joke because people would keep asking him what a moth was in yeah. that movie. His joke was, a moth is a little bug that eats your cloths. Uh, I was about to make that joke. Yeah, there it is. But yeah, so Peter Cushing is Famous still... Famous humorous Peter Cushing. <laughs> Really the Dave Barry of his time. Absolutely. But yeah, Peter Cushing is in this movie lending some British credentials to a movie that is, aside from his presence and the presence of maybe two other English people, more a Shaw Brothers production than a Hammer production, in my yeah. opinion. I was surprised by the amount of action. Yes, yeah, absolutely. 
But yeah, the the original idea for the movie was a film that took place in India where Dracula would interact with Hindu gods and demons. Well, I thought I read that that was the planned sequel. They were going to do like Kali, the Bride of Dracula. They were going to do that. They came up with that script. Hammer said it was too expensive. Someone, someone's father-in-law knew the Shaw brothers personally. And knew we, Run Run Shaw. Exactly. And the Shaw brothers were like, we'll, we'll put up half the financing. And Hammer was like, well, we have no money, so sure. <laughs> and they made this movie instead. They were going to make the, uh, the Kali Bride of Dracula movie. As the sequel. Or The Unquenchable Thirst of Dracula, mm-hmm. as it was also going to be called, as the sequel, if this made enough money and it didn't. No, people hated this movie. People fucking hated this movie. <laughs> also, Hammer had lost all of their marketing deals and didn't know how to do marketing on their own. Yeah. So a lot of movies that they made, both this movies that are bad, like this one, and movies that were kind of okay, like Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter. Which I want to see. It It's fine. It's pretty good. It has Carolyn Monroe, and that is always... A plus. I don't know who that is. Oh, she's good. So Hammer just sort of died around this period. MC it, it, Hammer, it you mean? MC Hammer, yes. He traveled back in time and he died in his <laughs> beloved England. The the ending of the most recent Indiana Jones movie based on MC Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> you can't touch this. It belongs in a museum. Hammer was trying to ride the kung fu movie craze of the time. They had had this agreement from the Shaw Brothers to put up half the money. Uh, And they were like, well, anything at this point. And so they made this movie and then didn't release it for another year because that's smart. Let's get into recommendations. Hold on. I'm going to talk very briefly about uh, Shaw Brothers. Yes, please do. Because uh, I'm not very well versed in them. Sure. Uh, I much prefer Golden Harvest. Sure. Which is a later company, full name Orange Sky Golden Harvest. Mm. Most Sammo Hung movies are... Golden Harvest, most Jackie Chan movies. So they got the star power. Yeah. I mean, basically. Yeah. But if you're curious, because Shaw Brothers is immensely influential. Like, if you were watching a kung fu movie in the 60s or 70s, Mm -hmm. early to mid-70s, it was probably a Shaw Brother. Their most famous is probably the 36th Chamber of the Shaolin. Sure. uh, Which we watched and I fell asleep during. Yeah, it was okay. It was fine. (laughs) It was... Fine. We're such um, snobs. <laughs> but um, one of their greats, uh, two, Five Deadly Ve- Venoms, which I watched ages ago and need to rewatch, is probably their f- best that I've seen. Mm-hmm. That's a great, very fun movie. Also, King Who's first film, Come Drink With Me. That's great. That's that great is, one. It's not as good as Dragon Inn. No. But it is a lot of fun. Let's, and it's great. Few things are as good as Dragon Inn. Very true. <laughs> what was the. What was a. The wild horror movie that we saw from the Shaw Brothers. Oh, Human Lanterns. Yes. I forgot about Fucking Human Lanterns. Hell. Okay, yeah. Human also, Lanterns is great. Also, check out Human <laughs> Lanterns because that's something else. That's something else. I would um, categorize that as something else. And that almost, because that was a horror film too. Yes. Uh, I also want to point out that the martial arts horror to us is very strange. Yes. But in China, like, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not like huge, but there are quite a few Si uh, Samo Hung's. Uh, Encounters of the Spooky Kind. Oh, God. Um, which is pretty fun. It's pretty great. Also, uh, a Chinese ghost story mm-hmm. pretty much falls into that category. I didn't know that was a martial arts movie. It's more wuja. Oh, um, sure. Okay. But it's bonkers as fuck. Great. I will say, I watched one of the things I did for prep work of this is I watched the part of the Hammer documentary Flesh and Blood 
uh, that was about this movie. And one of the Hammer studio heads who was being interviewed went so far as to claim that a martial arts horror combination movie couldn't work. And that they were fools to try. Mm. And I was like, well, that's a great way to cover your ass, <laughs> I guess. If <laughs> Unfortunately, I've seen it work, man. There's no way man will ever fly in the sky like a bird. <laughs> so recommendations. Recommendations. What do you, uh, Brad, you were, you've never seen any other Hammer Dracula films. You've seen one other Hammer film. Yes. So you've seen more Shaw Brothers films. Was Quatermass a Hammer? Uh, Quatermass in the Pit was a Hammer. Okay, yes, so I've absolutely. seen two. Yes. I've seen th that and The Devil Rides Out. Devil Rides Out was fine. Sure. I didn't love it, but it was mm -hmm. worth seeing. Again, this is my third Hammer yeah. and my first Dracula movie. Dracula. It's well, not your Dracula. first. Not your first, because your first Dracula movie was Dracula Dead and Loving It. Oh, true. No, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, in this movie, Dracula does seem to be dead. I'm not sure whether he's loving it, though. <laughs> but I, I was pleasantly surprised because you, I'm going to spoil your recommendation, you don't like this movie. No. I... Thought it was fine. Like, sure. it's not a good script. No, it's, it's a not. terrible script. The action is pretty good. The action is pretty good. Which was very surprising. Yeah. I, I guess I sh shouldn't have been surprised because it is Shaw Brothers. Mm -hmm. And by the 70s, they had sort of figured it out. And there were little things that I was like, there are a couple big melees in this. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And from watching Golden Harvest movies, I was like, I would always be impressed with the choreography. But then I would realize, like... Wait, they're just waving their shit around and the sound effects are doing all the work. <laughs> like, that's that's not, they're not, there's no there's focus no choreography. Yeah. But this, like, it actually looks great. They're actually yeah. choreographed, and that's what I enjoyed about it. So I would Absolutely. recommend it, like, if you like to see fighting. Yeah. And also, sometimes tits. And also, uh... <laughs> Vampires that look like they're made of ground beef. <laughs> Very dusty ground beef. Then you cannot go wrong with this movie. Absolutely. Uh, I'm actually, I might surprise you, I do recommend this film. Oh yeah? Uh, I will say that as a Hammer Dracula fan, this is one of the worst in the series, but it is not the worst. Oh yeah? And the, the thing that sort of rises it above uh, some of the others is that this movie does have some atmosphere. Mm. There is some thought put to lighting and cinematography. There are some great sets. The action is legitimately really fun. I think that where this movie unfortunately really falls down is the hammer part. Yes. The, the Shaw Brothers part of things is really interesting and engaging, especially if you have watched all the Hammer films at this point and know how tired and repetitive and just shitty the Dracula series was yeah. up at this point. The stuff that the Shaw brothers add to the movie is legitimately interesting and sort of like wakes you up after yeah. all this time. The Hammer part is just as tired. In fact, I would say probably a little bit more tired and repetitive and shitty than even some of their other movies had been in the series up to this point. It feels really like they're only there so Hammer can claim the movie in some way. Mm. It's it feels it really feels like one of those movies from one of those really shitty movies from the 80s where they would take some movie from overseas and splice it together with a couple of pieces of new footage of people mm. in weird colorful ninja outfits. Like a Godfrey Ho movie. Exactly. Weird that you should, that that's the name. I didn't realize that that was what Godfrey Ho was known for. Godfrey Ho, 
also was the assistant director on the only other Hammer Shaw Brothers collaboration movie. Oh, there was another. They made a second one. They made another one, and Godfrey Hill was the assistant director on it. Oh, well, I'm sure that went well. I'm sure it went great. Peter Cushing was in that one, too. Oh, my. He, he was still sad, and why he needed he, something to do. Why didn't Peter Cushing just uh, pour himself into his miniatures? Why didn't he get into Warhammer? I think his miniatures were something that he did with his wife. Oh, no. And also being in his house was something he did with his God, wife. We'll take him out into a field. <laughs> uh, by the way, a brief biography of Peter Cushing. Yes. Peter Cushing lives in Whitstable. Yes. I've seen him on his bicycle. Yes. I've seen him buying vegetables. Yes. Peter Cushing lives in Whitstable. Yes, absolutely. Billy's favorite song. My favorite song. Absolutely. Peter Cushing is my favorite actor of all time. Yes. And so there are... Another reason I do recommend this is that... I will recommend anything Peter Cushing is in because one of the things that makes him one of my favorite actors is that he is absolutely 100% committed to his performances no matter what movie it is. Yeah. And despite the fact that this is definitely not his best work because no actor can take a bad script and make it good, although he definitely tried, and I'll get into that later, he still manages to deliver a what I would call a solid performance in this sure. film. I didn't hate him. I no. wasn't throwing tomatoes at my screen. Sure. He is absolutely wasted in this movie, but he... he yeah, he doesn't do a lot. He's doing it, he, He's doing what he can. Um, he got a free trip to China. He, he got a free trip. That was another thing that one of the producers in that documentary said was, so this idea about doing a, a movie in, in Hong Kong came up, and it was like, oh, lovely, I haven't been to Hong Kong. Yes. It was like, oh, great. Good, good, good decision-making going on here. I just... I imagine Peter Cushing was a lovely man. He was. Sweetheart. But I, I also picture him landing in Hong Kong and just being like, oh my god, there's so many celestials. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Cushing was, uh, by all accounts, one of the nicest human beings alive, but uh, every once in a while you will, I watch some interviews with him, and you will occasionally see interviews with him on talk shows and stuff where he'll just say something that's like a little bit unfortunate because yeah. of just the time period he came it's from. It's the time. Yeah. Getting into the plot of this movie, once again, we always recommend that people check out the movie themselves. The Seven Golden Vampires is not a difficult movie to find. No. Uh, and if you're worried about, uh, if you can't find it online for whatever reason, because it goes on and off online sometimes, uh, and you want to buy a DVD, it is on a double-sided DVD with Frankenstein Created Woman, which is a much better movie. So mm. you can buy a, a good movie and get a bonus feature bad movie, like Dirty Dozen and Dirty Dozen 2. <laughs> also, I believe Scream Factory That's released right. a restoration, because there Absolutely. are technically two cuts of this movie, yes. one with a lot more kung fu and one with less. Yes, unfortunately, the cut with the most kung fu is lost, as oh, far as it? we're aware. Yes, it was only ever released in China, with a whole, because Shaw Brothers is like, how dare Hammer Hank cut out anything we did, and just put all of it in. Uh, and who's this Dracula bitch? Who's Give this me guy? More who is fighting. this guy? Uh, That's what I say to <laughs> Dracula every time he enters my club, my mafioso club. He's like, oh, is, is the wind talking to me? Who the fuck are you? I just love the idea that the Shaw Brothers talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're the Shaw Brothers. We make the Kung Fu movies. <laughs> My name might be Run Run, but I'm not going to run from you, you petty bitch. <laughs> uh, all right, so getting into spoiler territory. The movie opens in Transylvania in 1804. Uh, we see a traveler dressed in yellow robes with long black hair. And a ramshackle bunch of packages and bags on his mm -hmm. back, and a weird stick with a bell on it. Yeah, that would get annoying to me after a while. 
He had to travel all the way from China to Transylvania, walking all the way. Maybe he, maybe he's like a cat. It's to warn birds that he's like so he doesn't kill them. Oh my god. That's yeah no uh, this this guy named Ka will absolutely yeah. kill a bird the first time it shows its face to him. I like to imagine that Ka is the Python Ka mm-hmm. from the Jungle Book. Oh, of course, he got yes. his wish of being uh, from China and having legs. He found a magic lamp. He had two wishes: I want to be from China and I want to have legs. And the genie's like, "What's your third wish?" He's like, "I don't need it." <laughs> This would be um, a, a very interesting choice if he was voiced by that actor, the Winnie the Pooh actor who voiced causes. <laughs> oh, Bob, I gotta find Dracula. <laughs> He's wandering through Transylvania, wanders past a weird shepherd who gives him the stink eye. The shepherd sees that he's Chinese and crosses himself, horrified at the thought of a foreign person. I mean, it would be weird in 1804. Sure. I guess... Yeah, he's no, a shep- it'd still be weird. Yeah, he's a shepherd in the middle yeah. of nowhere. He has never seen anyone who doesn't look like him before. Exactly. Because he's a Chinese person. He, the man passes by a little nativity scene and is just kind of confused by it. Yeah. But he doesn't care because he sees Castle Dracula, chuckles to himself, and, and beelines for there. This I know. This is supposed I always, to be foreshadowing. It doesn't work. I know. I always put my crèche within a glancing distance of Dracula's castle. <laughs> He enters into the gothic and cobweb-covered ramshackle Dracula crypt. This set is great. It is. Uh, Was this... It's extremely gothic. Well, I know they filmed this in Hong Kong. Yes. So this couldn't have been a standard hammer set. It is as far from a standard hammer set as you could possibly get. And this is something that's... So the reason why I initially hated this movie when I first saw it... When I first saw it, it was in college. And Mm. I think we've mentioned on the podcast before that college Billy was an idiot. Yes. But he especially didn't know anything about the Shaw Brothers or what the history behind this movie was. He was just watching a bunch of movies with Christopher Lee in them. Mm -hmm. So we got to this movie. You mean Peter Cushing. And Peter Cushing. Yeah. Uh, But Peter Cushing is in this movie. But this is the first one that Christopher Lee isn't in. Gotcha. So I, I was just looking at this as another one of the Dracula movies. And up until this point, when Hammer started making their horror movies... Universal called them up before they even made their first Frankenstein film and told them, if you do anything that even remotely looks like any of our movies, we will sue the soul out of you. Uh, (laughs) How American. (laughs) And Hammer was like, well, we're just recovering from bankruptcy, so we got to be extra careful. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of changes that they made specifically to distance themselves from those movies. And one of them is that Dracula in these movies, loves the finer things in life. Okay. And he absolutely hates mess. Okay. When they first enter Dracula's castle, his house is pristine. It's immaculate. There Mm. are no cobwebs. There are no little armadillos running around like in the Bela Lugosi version. There are armadillos? I know, right? (laughs) It's a a sort of montage of creepy critters crawling around in Bela Lugosi's castle in the first Dracula movie, and that just cuts to an armadillo trying to get away from the camera. (laughs) Maybe he's trying to make his way back. Back to the American <laughs> Southwest. <laughs> but yeah, so having a big hammer Dracula castle be all covered in cobwebs is kind of a big step backwards. Okay, so it's the not series. the fact that it's ornate and well done. It's the fact that it's dirty that makes it different. It's the fact that it's dirty that makes it different. The ornate and well done. Also the fact that it's all stone. The fact that okay. it looks like a medieval sort of castle. The castle in the hammer films was, it was much, all chrome. It was very modern. <laughs> All plastic. Uh, no, it was it was much more. I don't know. It was much more civilized. It was it was sort of like again, like a bunch of people are going to have a dinner party here. It wasn't gotcha. like you know dead people live here, which is what this looks like. But again, 
it is atmospheric. It is very cool to look at. Yes. And the the lighting in this, it, it, anytime there's a vampire present, the lighting is all sorts of Mario, Bava, Lucio, Fulci, not mm. Lucio, Fulci, uh, Dario Argento colors uh, everywhere. The man wanders up to a stone coffin with a big old D on it. Yep. For dick. For dick. Uncon- where Dick Nixon was buried. <laughs> Dick Nixon, famous vampire. Yes. There are a couple of unconvincing bats on strings flutter around Oh, I his love head. these bats. Oh, you gotta love. You gotta love a good unconvincing love bat on a string. Bats. Classic old horror trope. The man bows low in front of the coffin as the stone lid slowly slides away and Dracula does the Nosferatu raise up out of the coffin. Mm-hmm. Classic. Uh, again, a power that Hammer Dracula does not have, but who cares? It's cool. Also, it is cool. Yeah. And also the only reason... Vampires would do that is because it would look silly if they were struggling to get out of the coffin. <laughs> That's exactly the reason why. Because like, while I was watching that, because I haven't, I have Nosferatu. Yeah. One of the things I'm expecting today is Nosferatu. Great. But like that's, I was thinking like, why is that a thing they can do? Yeah. Oh yeah, because it looked dumb. If they were dumb. like, put an arm up on the side yeah. and was like. Ugh. There's a reason why in the Bela Lugosi film, the coffin cracks open, you just see his hand come out, it cuts away, and it cuts back, he's already out. <laughs> I'm here now. You will never see Bela Lugosi come get out of the coffin, except in Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein. Dracula asks this man, who dares to disturb the sanctity of Dracula, and that inspired me to create my new game show, Sure. Who Dares to Disturb the Sanctity of Dracula, <laughs> wherein... Contestants will put together clues to figure out who is daring to disturb the sanctity of Dracula. <laughs> would you I'm, like to play around? I would love to play around. Okay, we'll, we'll play a couple rounds. We'll, we'll okay. play some difficulty. Okay. Let's see. There's uh, fur and honey on the ground. Ooh. And uh, a balloon. A fur and honey on the ground and a balloon. I'm going to say Winnie the Pooh. Yes, it is Winnie oh the Pooh. Oh, my God. How dare he disturb the sanctity of How Dracula. How dare he? Oh, bother. He must have thought that the, uh, Dracula's castle was a big beehive. He's not, <laughs> he's not very smart. He's a bear of very little brain, famously. He's exactly. Yes. Famously idiotic. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Famous idiot. Grade A dumbass, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Talk about blood and honey, am I right? Exactly. Yeah. All right, let's do another one. Yes. There's a bunch of pictures of feet. Mm. And some old kung fu movies. Uh-oh. And a signed photo of Eli Roth. Uh, seems like famous overrated asshole Quentin Tarantino. It is! How dare he disturb the sanctity of Dracula? <laughs> How dare he? He was probably there to steal more ideas. <laughs> Why is there an Eli Roth connection with Quentin Tarantino? I think they're friends. Oh, Eli Roth sense. was in Inglorious Bastards. Oh, there you go. Also. There you go. Yes. I, I, I it's, Robert Rodriguez would probably have been a better one. It's all right. There, there's a bunch of. They're both assholes. I assume they're yeah. friends. They hang out at the asshole club where the yep. assholes hang out, pitching new spy kids ideas to each other. <laughs> While Robert Rodriguez isn't there. Yeah. Ironically, <laughs> like what if Robert did this with the franchise? <laughs> Just roasting Robert Rodriguez yes. whenever he's not around. <laughs> so Dracula in this movie is played by John Forbes Robertson, mm-hmm. a person that if you look him up on Wikipedia, the picture of him that they have is a picture from this movie, which mm-hmm. isn't a good sign for no. his career. Uh, John Forbes Robertson had been on standby to replace Christopher Lee if they couldn't <laughs> convince him to take the part back for about four movies now. Wow. And he finally got put his me in, chance. Coach. He finally got a chance to be put in. And unfortunately, him flying up out of the coffin is his best moment. Well, yeah, he does not. he sucks. He also <laughs> is not in the rest of this movie. No, he's not. 
Uh, I don't think that's even his voice. It's I think not. someone else he was is doing his voice. And that's he was not terrible. happy about that. What the hell? That that sucks for him. He's been waiting though so long to, to take over the cape. And then not only do they put you in makeup that Christopher Lee would have refused to wear. Yes. They gave him lines Christopher Lee would have refused to say. Yes. And then just replace his voice anyway. That's great. That's fantastic. And Everyone's if you're happy. wondering what makeup Christopher Lee would refuse to wear, yes. it is Divine's makeup. <laughs> and what lines Christopher Lee would refuse to say, what's funky, homeboy? <laughs> Christopher Lee was famously, again, very cantankerous as Dracula. He had a lot of reasons to be. But one of the things that he would do is he would refuse to say any dialogue he didn't like. Okay. Which led to one of the movies, Dracula doesn't say anything. <laughs> because he hated the script so much, he just refused to say any of it. Which is different from Peter Cushing's approach where he would say, okay, thank you, take his script, and then mm-hmm. rewrite all the dialogue himself. Oh. And say that without asking anyone. Christopher Lee would throw a big huff and say, I'm not saying this this bullshit. I could be working on my metal album about Charlemagne right now. <laughs> a real thing. Uh, yeah, Dracula is is wearing straight... If you've ever seen an actor playing Dracula in a commercial, yes. that's the makeup he's wearing. Yes. Dracula demands to know who's disturbed his slumber. The Traveler identifies himself as Ka, High Priest of the Seven Golden Vampires. Mm. Ka says that his vampires... Gave him power over the villagers in the in the nearby town to to the temple where they all live, and the vampires have gone to sleep. So now he no longer holds power over the villagers. Oh, what a fuck! I am unclear as to whether or not Ka himself is a vampire, or if he's just like a familiar who's gotten a little like bit like a thrall, too, like a thrall, but like is like, oh, I can't wake up my own bosses. Maybe if I get another arch vampire Dracula to come in and wake them up, they won't be mad at me. But I can still keep. Picking on the people in the village. I wish we got a montage of Cod trying all these things to wake the vampires <laughs> up. Like, throwing water on them, like, crashing some symbols. I just don't understand the whole, the vampires are asleep and need to be woken up thing. It is a plot point that gets resolved off screen. Yeah, they're just, they're just awake They're now. just awake after this scene, <laughs> but, like, I guess Dracula had to wake them Maybe up. Maybe they were just like, if we pretend to be asleep, Ka will go away. <laughs> Hey guys! Honk shoe! Honk shoe! <laughs> Dracula is unimpressed with Ka and his and his uh, request. Oh, uh, hold on. Sorry, go ahead. I was watching this on YouTube. Okay, yes. And I was watching it with the YouTube auto-generated captions. Oh, great. Because sometimes I have a hard time hearing. Yes. And this was not the best quality. So Ka is speaking to Dracula in Cantonese or Mandarin. I, I don't know the difference. The actor did not speak English, which made directing him very difficult. Apparently a lot of these actors did not understand English. Also, the director was completely unfamiliar with Hong Kong... Roy Ward Baker. Roy Ward Baker did not behave in a way that he would want to be remembered on the set. Yeah, he basically came to China and was like, "Why are you doing things the Chinese way?" Yeah, no, he was a screaming asshole. Apparently, so Ka is speaking in Cantonese or Mandarin. Yeah, and YouTube auto-generated captions are iffy to begin with. Sure, absolutely, but uh, not not a translation service. No. So here's how YouTube interpreted this. Oh God, Thomas. What infidelity level was to his homeland, even city of neighborhoods? What can you see, some simple on? What was not down the atrium jersey? Which of did they put on pants? It's a fashion. Which, if I were Dracula, that would convince me. I'd be like, what? Sure, what do you need? 
I was watching this DVD at home with the captions turned on for the, that came with the DVD. The captions for what he said in this scene that came on the DVD read, Speaks Chinese. Oh, yeah, so. that's handy. <laughs> I also love when they do that because obviously it is subtitled in the film. It is, yes. But you'd think the subtitle writer could just go like, oh, it's already there. My job is done. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Seriously. I can go eat a bite of a sandwich. <laughs> I'm gonna, this is my sandwich break time. I, I'm going to have a little finger sandwich. <laughs> so yes, Dracula's unimpressed with the request, but he... Which I would be too if some yeah. random dude came and woke me up and was like, hey, you need to go to China. I'd be like, no. This is a very, it's a very, this is a very silly premise to begin your movie with. But Dracula does look around and notice that there are a lot more cobwebs in his castle than there have been in the last couple movies. So he could use a change of scenery. <laughs> <laughs> He could use a little change of pace. It's like... He's kind of tired of the same old faces. It's like, uh, obviously, because this is the fifth in the series, but it's like in a sequel where it's like... Oh, this is much more than the fifth. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. There are... Peter Cushing came back in Dracula AD 1972. That was the seventh. So this is like the... No, this is the ninth movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like in a sequel where some secondary character from the first movie comes in and he's like, Hey, I got some trouble in Miami. <laughs> One of the titles that was going to be the title of the eighth movie in the series was... Spring Break Dracula? <laughs> Close. Uh, it was uh, Dracula is dead and well and living in London. Oh. And uh, Christopher Lee, that was still the title up to the point where they had Christopher Lee doing press tours for the movie. Gotcha. And he was so depressed at that point, he spent the entire press tour talking about how much he hated this title. <laughs> uh, and he's like, it's a comedy title, but it's not a comedy film. I don't understand. What's the point? What am I doing here? Oh, I was hoping it would be a comedy film and like Dracula would be in like a, a Speedo. <laughs> After doing... After, I'm just thinking about Spring Break Dracula, though. When he said no to this movie, he did immediately move to France and make another Dracula film in France, which yeah. was, a, was a comedy called Dracula and Son. Oh, so I there, think I've heard of this. There is a Christopher Lee Dracula comedy out Dracula there. Dracula and Son, Attorneys at Law. <laughs> <laughs> the much better movie, immediately. <laughs> of course we're lawyers, we're bloodsuckers. Oh, uh, that's yeah. the only joke, credits. The only joke. <laughs> it's a two-second movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Dracula's been looking for a new place, so he just says, I'm going to grant your request, Ka, but I'm going to go all monkey's paw on your ass. And it is going to be you that gets to rule over the village, but it's not going to be you because I am going to steal your wretched carcass. Yep, he's going to, he takes over Ka's body, which Somehow. I assume just Dracula's body just drops dead. Dracula, so Dracula grabs Ka... And they do a very slow kind of Linda you Carter spiral. Right swirl. Around, baby, right smoke around. comes up, and when the smoke clears, it's just Ka, but he's speaking with the voice of the guy who was voicing John Forbes Robertson. Yes. Uh, and uh, they got uh, voice legend Mel Blanc. And uh, what's up, Drac? Eh, who disturbs my slumber? <laughs> Ka is now Dracula. Dracula is now Ka. And I again, it go, goes basically without saying that this is again not a power that Christopher Lee's Dracula ever had. No. I think the only movie where I've ever seen Dracula having the ability to turn into other people is Blade Trinity. Uh, this movie and Blade being in the same universe though makes a lot of sense. Sure, so I'm okay with it. People are constantly trying to ice skate uphill in this movie. <laughs> wow. Another fun thing about the YouTube captions, yes, is any high pitched noise it interprets as applause. So. <laughs> So when the bats are screeching, the subtitle is applause. 
<laughs> Which I think is pretty close to the actuality. Like, if I hear a bunch of bats screeching, I'm like, I'm doing a good job. <laughs> it's it's a prop to the audience. You see bats, you applaud. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's like a baby Dracula. <laughs> That's how Draculas work. It's like, they're yeah. like, bats are tadpoles and they grow sure. up to be vampires. Have you seen Van Helsing? I did when I was like 13 or something. Sure. In that movie, they reveal that vampires do give birth to children, but they are not, they are bat monster children and they are born stillborn mm. uh, because they're dead. So their babies are dead. And so they have to use Frankenstein's technology to bring them to life, to shoot them full of lightning and bring all these little bat monsters to life. That makes perfect sense. Sure. And I say that as a coroner. <laughs> as an OB... No, not just a coroner. Right. That's just my hobby. Sure. That's something I do. Yes, one of your many by. hobbies. My, my main job is OBGYN. So as a coroner and an OBGYN, this makes perfect sense. <laughs> moonlight. I the, You said that you moonlight, and my immediate thought in my brain was like... I would watch Moonlighting if that was the premise. <laughs> a corner and an OBGYN yeah. who just have this will they won't. Will leave. they won't? They? How can we? How can we be in love when we're at opposite ends of the lifespan? <laughs> you bring them into this world, I take them out. <laughs> That's what corners do. They kill people <laughs> in order to keep business going. The Burke and Hare, they were corners. Absolutely, yeah, of course, of course, of course. So Dracula is now Ka. It's unclear whether he's possessing Ka or morphed into him. It doesn't matter. Or he just obliterated his being and just, now he lives inside. Absolutely. If you were Dracula and you had this power, who would you take over? Ooh, who would I take over? I, I don't know. Tom Hiddleston? Sure. Would just be nice to look like that? Yeah, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I don't find him very attractive. Okay. He is a weird... He's like lanky and I don't like his skull. <laughs> I, I it all seems to be uh, pulling up at the forehead. Sure, yeah, but again, I am a Peter Cushing fan, so I'm used to true. That. You I'm like that sort of like look, sallow look. The, you like people who look like mummies. Yes, exactly. Yes, Boris Karloff, uh, Tom Hiddleston, Peter Cushing. That's fine. Same person, different fonts. Also, Dracula says something about getting vengeance on mankind. Yeah, which he eats people. That's we don't need any more motivation than that. Dracula eat people. <laughs> yeah. Dracula eat people. Or sorry, that's a zombie. He drinks people. Yes. Dracula drinks people. Uh, we don't need it anymore. Like, what is he getting vengeance for? Original sin. Oh, it makes sense. The fall of Actually. man. Yes, right. Dracula, famous fan of God. <laughs> <laughs> just. Biblical scholar. Not even a scholar, just an embroiderer like Dante Alighieri and... Right. Uh, uh, Milton. He's so devout that that's why the cross has hurt him because people are holding it the wrong way up. Yeah. If they're holding it the right way up, upside down. So, as we said before, uh, the film was co-directed by uh, British horror mainstay Roy Ward Baker and prolific Shaw Brothers collaborator Chang Shay. Uh, this is going to be a lot of me mispronouncing Chinese names. That's fine. Um, it's fine with me. I don't know if it's fine with the Chinese. Sure. I apologize to our uh, huge Chinese audience. Yeah. This is why uh, we don't talk about Taiwan. Right. Uh, Roy Ward Baker said, Legends of Seven Golden Vampires was a terrible picture, but some of the Chinese were very nice. The, oh. leading, the leading man, David Chang, was a nice man. The Kung Fu people were all right. They went a little a bit berserk, but I left that alone. The understanding was that they would do the kung fu stuff, I would do the rest of it. Suited me to no end, I can tell you. <laughs> a kung fu person went berserk. Happens all the time. <laughs> Forget it, Roy. It's Chinatown. <laughs> the Shaw brothers hated Roy Ward Baker. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> and hated the way that he worked. Uh, they insist. 
they actually were originally going to let Hammer direct the whole thing, apparently, and insisted on Chang Shea being added to the production after they saw how Roy Ward Baker was doing things. Yeah. They also were quickly discovered that they hated the story of this movie, too, mm. and insisted on adding more fight scenes. This <laughs> reminds me of the production of Werner Herzog's Fitzcarraldo. How? <laughs> But if, like, everybody were Klaus Kinski and also Werner Herzog at the same time, and they were just like, we need to kill everyone involved in this production so this production can go on. Oh, is that the movie where Klaus Kinski got his, like, big reputation for being such an asshole? That's the one where apparently Werner Herzog talked to the natives about possibly killing Kinski. And this is something that Werner Herzog has admitted to? Yes. There's an entire... Insane. There's an entire documentary about the making of Fitzcarraldo called The Burden of Dreams. So this is like a Heart of Darkness Apocalypse Now scenario where... Okay. As we said, there is a version of the film, or supposedly there's a version of the film that was released to Eastern audiences that ran about two hours. Mm -hmm. That version is, at least in the Western world, lost. It may exist in China somewhere. It has never been released here, unfortunately, Mm. even in the Scream Factory release. Oh, I was hoping, because when it said restored, I was like, oh, this movie I'm definitely not going to pay money for at least has a better, or not maybe not even better, but more fighty. Sure. It does feel like there are things left out of this cut. Like, things happen in this movie that just make no sense. Yeah. We'll get to some of them later. So, uh, the iconic Dracula theme plays as uh, the actor who plays Ka, who I wrote down. The iconic Dracula theme. (laughs) But yeah, so the Dracula theme was made for the 50s movie. It's still being played here. You can tell that it is the original theme because it says Dracula in the music. It's (laughs) Dracula. Dracula. Dracula, Dracula, hooray for Dracula. I did write down who plays Ka, and I have lost that note somehow. But anyway, uh, I do want to point out that I think he is doing as good a job as he possibly can for someone who clearly is being shouted at by a British man and has no idea what's going on. And people in Hong Kong have a long history of being shouted at by British men, so... That's very true. Absolutely. I can see why they were resentful. A good portion of the world actually has a long history of being yelled at by English people. So, we then cut to Chongqing in 1904. Dracula's been in China for about 100 years now. Yep. Uh, And Professor Van Helsing, who is either... The original Van Helsing, or the son of the original Van Helsing, in this series, because it takes place over the course of several decades, there are several Van Helsings that pop up. They're all played by Peter Cushing, mm-hmm. with the exception of Leland, who we'll get into in a, in a second. Is there ever a movie where he's playing multiple Van Helsings? And Sadly, he's like, no. Like it's an Alec Guinness Ealing comedy. <laughs> Or an Eddie Murphy film. Uh, no, sadly, no. Yes, um, Peter Cushing would be much more familiar with Eddie Murphy's oh, Clumps yes. than he would with Alec Guinness's Kind Hearts and Coronets. Big Eddie Murphy fan. Oh, another comedy that Christopher Lee played Dracula in. Peter Cushing in. loved Norbit. Uh, Christopher Lee appeared as Dracula in a cameo in a Sammy Davis Jr. movie because they were good friends. Oh, that's crazy. Yes. <laughs> It's him and Peter Cushing as Dr. Frankenstein. Uh, it's just a scene where Sammy Davis Jr. goes into a basement. They're both there, and they're like, stay for dinner. And he's like, no, and leaves. And that's the uh, whole scene. But they were I, good friends, apparently. 
Uh, one, I like to imagine that everyone, aside from the Rat Pack, yes. that Sammy Davis Jr. was friends with, that he would try to convert them to Judaism. Sure. And two, for what, even though you just described what movie he was in, all yeah. I can think about is Cannonball Run, where it was Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin, and it's just them, like, tooling around in their car dressed as priests, and they run into Christopher Lee's Dracula, and they're scared of him, and he's scared of them, and it's... <laughs> That does sound like a great scene, though. Professor Van Helsing and his son Leland are in China. Uh, we get some footage of a Chinese... Somebody dance with me! <laughs> oh, great. Leland Palmer. Yes. Oh, man. Uh, Leland would be a much better character if he was played by uh, Ray, Ray Wise. Wise. Absolutely. But I say that about most characters. Oh, yeah. yeah. Miss Piggy. Kermit, why won't you dance with me? Uh, uh, in China. You didn't wash your under your fingernails! <laughs> Okay, we need to take it. You're at a 10. I need you at a, like a 5. Professor Van Helsing and his son Leland are in China. We get some footage of a Chinese market, including a frog being decapitated. Yes. A frog I really hope isn't real, but I'm sure is. We cut to a university where Peter Cushing is doing his exposition thing that he does in these movies, playing Professor Van Helsing. In this universe, Van Helsing is, uh, unlike the Van Helsing in the book, isn't just a guy who knows about vampires, but he's like a scientific pioneer who's trying to explain to the world that there's this plague, there's this sexually transmitted disease called vampirism that's, yes. that's killing humanity and we need to stamp it out and no one will believe him. He has gone to the, this Chinese university to discuss vampirism. and the peculiar Which, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> that's, I was, there was a point where I was like, Okay, sure. It's Abraham Van or Van Helsing, whatever the fuck is Martin Van. Uh, <laughs> Abraham Van Helsing is his name in the book. Okay, yeah. So but, I, I don't um, know if it's his name in this. It doesn't matter. I was just wondering earlier if Bram was short for Abraham, oh. and if Bram Stoker just named the vampire killer after himself. It was like a self-insert OC. I don't. Because he makes a big running gag over how foreign Van Helsing is in the yeah. book. So that makes me think no, but also he is that kind of douchebag. Like Bram Stoker was a, was a horrible douchebag. Abraham Stoker. Hey, we did it. We did it. We cracked the case. We, we, I Googled something. <laughs> World's greatest detective, mm. Google. <laughs> Um, fuck you, Batman. Fuck you, Batman. But also, why come to China? Like, I just yes. imagine, like, these Chinese university students, one, not understanding English, and mm -hmm. just being like, but two, because they are, they will, I don't yeah. know if you want to get to this yet. It's okay. Where the students will be like, um, you're fucking dumb, mm -hmm. and vampires aren't real, right. and also, to reiterate, you're stupid. Right. Which I find an interesting inversion, because... In a lot of movies, the white guy goes to a foreign land is like, hey, dummies, this thing doesn't exist. Right. And in here, here, it's the foreign people being like, no, you're fucking stupid. Yeah. No, specifically, they say, and it doesn't matter if we get to this. This isn't happening yet, but fuck it. They specifically tell him, they imply that he's only made it this far in terms of the success of his career by duping rubes in the in like the small towns of Transylvania yeah. and that he thinks being a white guy coming to China that he'll be able to con the natives yeah. and they're like you don't understand like how sophisticated we are yeah. and he's like no I think you are very sophisticated that's why I came here <laughs> that's what I need to tell you about vampires I thought somebody would finally believe me here because nobody ever fucking believes me Michael Goff won't talk to me anymore. Michael Goff is in the first Dracula movie. That's, okay. what, that's the joke. Anyway, um, so but as he's, he's talking to this these people at the Chinese university, they're they're not students, by the way. They're professors. Oh, at the are university. they? He's trying to 
get them to help him. He's trying to sell them the Dracula curriculum. Right, yes, the Dracula curriculum. But he's talking about vampirism, and he says, uh, and I've heard, and he's, he says, like, I've heard this story, by the way, uh, this Chinese legend about a village. I don't know what it's called. I don't know where it is. Yeah, he's basically like, I have no proof, but I firmly believe Absolutely. this legend is true. And then they say, and, and, he's, and before they can even say anything, he's like, and I know some of you are going to be like, how does he know? Well, I killed Dracula, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. I, ha- I just know these things. I just know these things. Don't <coughs> step to me. I'm Peter Cushing. But yeah, so uh, the village, and we, of course, because we already saw the opening, we know this is the village Cobb was interested in, in having power over. Every year under the seventh moon, the populace cringes in fear from vampire attacks. And he oh, says, vampires. They're no. cringing. And he tells a story of a lone farmer who decided he was going to stand up to the vampires. No more vampires. <laughs> I'm drawing a line in the sand. <laughs> just, this isn't what the bit that you were just doing, but somehow that accent mixed with this concept. I really want a movie now where Lee Marvin's character from King of the North fights vampires. <laughs> <laughs> That would be great. <laughs> that would be insane. First off, love Emperor of the North. Sorry, yes. Secondly, of the North. that would be great if A number one was just yeah. also like it. <laughs> it's not even like a thing he does. He just yeah. as he's traveling around, he fa- he comes to fucking Salem's lot. Right. Yeah. No. He's just and he becomes Professor or Father Callahan, and he's and he, he's traveling the rails, and he's seen everything. Yeah. So when the vampires pop up, he's just like oh, this. Like he's not even <laughs> surprised. But like the people he's traveling with are like, oh my god, vampires are real. He's like. Yeah, where have you been, kid? You know? <laughs> I love if this it's idea. Real, I can dust him with my mitts. <laughs> and the vampires know about him. He's like, how do you know about me? And it turns out, Ernest nine's back, and he's a vampire now. <laughs> he's come back from the dead. The shack becomes the drack. Sold. All right. Uh, we have to have the time machine to make this yeah. movie. I'm sure uh, they would both love it. Oh, of course. Or as Borg and I would love it, we just give him, we, make sure he has a trailer so he can masturbate a lot. Yes. We're, we're off to the races. And just fill it up to the brim. You <laughs> open the door and it's like The Shining. Oh, man. Okay, so the farmer grabs his hoe and mm. starts uh, just limping off to, to the big old temple where the, where the vampires uh, live. Passes through the city gates. A random person in a straw hat locks him out of the town, which I thought was kind of a dick move. Yeah. He limps his way up to the, the stronghold. One touch I like is that you can hear people screaming as he's approaching I did it. not notice, but that's cool. Yeah, that's some nice sound design. I also like that they've gone for this Chinese temple to replace the Gothic castles. I thought that was a nice touch. Well, I mean, it'd be a bit out of place. Sure, but they could have just had them staying anywhere, and they went for something that they felt was an equivalent to. Gotcha. And I thought that was cool. Inside, uh, he he peeks in through the window, and inside we see a pit of frothing blood. Yes, I love this setup. It's a. This is probably the best set in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> At the center of the room is this pit of frothing blood. Seven women in various states of undress are strapped down to these sort of coffin-shaped protrusions circling around the pit, that creating an altar. At a diagonal... So they can sluice the blood yes, into the pit. Yes, yes. They're, they're little, like, uh, uh, alleys in yes. there that, that the blood Gutters. can travel. Gutters, thank you, that the blood can travel down. Uh, I was very surprised, because I, I, not yes. that I know Hammer at all, but 
I never thought I don't associate them with nudity. No, they don't do nudity. They never <laughs> did nudity, it, except for the the vampire movie, the Dracula movie directly preceding this, which was called both Deep the, Throat. Yes, uh, the Satanic Rites of Dracula and Dracula and his Vampire Bride. There is no Vampire Bride in the movie. Oh, um, there's a Vampire Husband. Sure, yes, absolutely. Gay rights says Dracula. Uh, <laughs> I might be a bloodsucker, but I still believe in humanity. Dracula, devout Christian <laughs> lawyer, <laughs> believes in gay rights. Harvey Milk. <laughs> So, yeah, but no, they didn't do nudity, but America had so far surpassed what they were willing to in do. Nudity technology, in America, nudity technology. America's winning the tits race. In the 70s, America invented the nipple, the female, yes. the feminine nipple. and uh, <laughs> During the genitalia Cold War. <laughs> or the erogenous zone Cold the War. The erogenous zone Cold War, I love that. There's just a lot of topless women in this movie. Uh, there's not a lot. It there's a lot for Hammer. There's okay, a lot for Hammer. Fair. And it's mostly during these scenes in... And it's mostly during the Shaw Brothers sequences. It's during this, and it's during a scene where the vampires raid a town later on. There's Which is a lot of boobs. Also odd, because there is not, at least from what I've seen, yeah. there is not a lot of nudity in Hong Kong film. Sure. There is some sometimes, but mm -hmm. that's normally safe for like Cat 3 movies. Category 3 being... Uh, like the most extreme rating in Hong Kong, I believe. So with their equivalent to an X rating or yes. something like that. Okay. But yeah, so they're, yeah, uh, boobs are in this movie. So that there you go. And by uh, boobs, you mean stupid people. Right, exactly. Yes. But also nipples. Yeah. Feminine nipples. Boobs, maroons, uh, real gutter balls. <laughs> This, this movie has at least one thing in common with Fantasia in that there are more naked female breasts in the film than you would expect. I've never seen Fantasia. There are more naked female breasts in the film than you would expect. Okay. Yes. Does Chernobog have like a necklace of them? No. <laughs> Is this some dark Vietnam thing? <laughs> no. No. Night on Bald Mountain was just like a hill in Quezon. <laughs> He summons a bunch of demons out of a pit, and they have, and they're their lady, their harpies, and oh. they have they have boobs out. Sounds like I need to watch this hentai. <laughs> also, speaking of Dracula, the person who did the the physical motions for the artist to uh, base the movement of Chernobog on in the face was Bela Lugosi. Oh wow! Yes, he did. Uh, sure, he was rewarded handsomely for that. I don't think so. Uh, I think <laughs> here's like, a sandwich and some heroin. I think, like, yeah, like most of his career, Belagosi was probably not paid what he was worth. And by the way, if you're doing that heroin, probably not going to need that sandwich. <laughs> Eat this. Do the sandwich first, then the heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Belagosi tried to shoot up a sandwich. <laughs> he couldn't even fit it in the syringe. It's not melting. <laughs> That's yeah, beautiful man, Bela Lugosi. Yeah, we're I'm going sure. to hell for that joke. We see the seven. We are introduced to the seven golden vampires, and again, they look like meatloaf. Yes, not the singer meatloaf. Not the singer meatloaf. They look like ground beef. They look like ground Although, beef covered in ash. Though I wonder what meatloaf would sing about if he were a Chinese vampire. <laughs> Whatever we happened to Saturday night? <laughs> Unlike the much more human-looking vampires that Hammer usually does, they are corpse-like creatures. They're, it, yeah, looks like hamburger, looks like 
gray, gray hamburger. You wouldn't want to eat this. No. Uh, they also have, like, Aquabats masks on. Yes, the gold part of their name comes from only the fact that they have these gold Phantom of the Opera masks. Oh, but wait, they also have giant bat medallions. That's right, they have bat bling. They have bat bling <laughs> like necklaces. These huge... Like, they come down to about the navel. Yes. It looks like, it some, looks like something you would buy. If Flava Flav was a vampire, this is what he would have. It looks like a bat wall hanging from TJ Maxx. Like, it, it does not look like it was supposed to be worn by a human being. And I want one. They look they oh, look amazing. Sure. Like, this Absolutely. would be my aesthetic. Like, Absolutely. I would still be rocking the khakis and the suspenders, but I would just have a giant bat medallion. Just make that your thing. Yes. Uh, they also have just absolutely gigantic vampire fangs that look more like tusks yes uh, they don't look good they don't look good <laughs> they almost look like they were face painted on yes they do and uh long flowing colorful hair one yes. of the first one we see has blue hair Fabio. An <laughs> another one has red hair uh gray hair is a whole bunch of different colors of hair i wish that any of them had names or personalities oh yeah no that would be great that would be great i At also least give me one just like, one just give one. me a leader Yes, absolutely. But Give me a mo. <laughs> honestly, Ka is the one with the most personality, and he's just Dracula. So, like, yeah, and he, also barely in this fucking and barely movie. in this fucking movie. Absolutely. Yes, as I as we mentioned, far more nudity and far more, and honestly, a little bit more blood than Hammer movies. Oh, there's some have. carnage in this. There's some carnage, especially again. There's a big vat of boiling blood in the center yes. of the room. Why? I couldn't tell you, nope. but it's there. That's um, there. <laughs> It's their soup. That's their soup. That's their soup. They just have a constant simmering soup. Just constantly simmering blood soup. The farmer sees his daughter as one of the women being held hostage. He breaks down the door, brandishing his hoe, and attempts to save his daughter. Ka screams and then doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the seven golden vampires picks up his big old sword, and there's a brief fight that ends with the daughter getting run through, which yes. was pretty surprising, actually. You usually expect the girl to be saved in these scenes, mm -hmm. but I, I like that this movie is really vicious towards its characters. Yes, it I is. enjoy that about this film. The farmer wildly waves his hoe around at the vampires. The hoe is broken away, but in a final desperate move, he rips off the bat bling necklace off of one of the vampires, causing an explosion of steam to come from the vampire's abdomen. And again, these necklaces are huge. Huge. They're huge, and they hang way low, and also seem to be their putty patrol weak point. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't the only one thinking of that. Oh, yeah, no. First thing <laughs> that came to mind. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, no, it's it's not a good system. It's not a great system, and apparently that is... I forget the explanation that they give, but it's like that's... The bat bling keeps their souls inside their body or something. But also, the rest of the vampires don't seem to be defeated in this method, from no. what I recall. It seems like a really easy way to beat them. Like you said, the putty patrol, just like punch the Z. We're yeah. good. But no, it. he escapes in the confusion. Everyone's freaked out that the steam is coming out of this guy's yeah. stomach. Ka starts banging a gong. Because <laughs> uh, he's a big T-Rex fan. <laughs> And it brings out an army of green, skull-wearing, long-haired zombies. Heavily armed zombies. It goes without saying, armies of zombies being controlled by vampires, not a hammer thing. But there, I, I consider here. them skellies. You consider them skellies? Yeah. They had a little bit of meat on their bones. Okay. That's why I call... Not, they, they not on their faces. They were skeletal. Their faces were skeletal. But it's clear that like they are stuntmen in clothing with a green skull on their head. So I guess, yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think these skellies are pretty sharp. I think... I think they're pretty sharp looking. Pretty sharp looking? What, what do you mean by that? Cool. Oh, yeah. Neat. I agree. 
I think they're one of the most visually interesting elements of the movie. They look better than the golden vampires do. So the seven golden vampires get on their horses and lead a charge of green-skulled zombie skeleton people. Does this count as a wild hunt? I think so. Okay. I, I want it to. I want, I want, it to I want more wild hunts. Absolutely. I want more wild hunts. And That's things. my platform if I ever become president. Sure. More wild right. hunts. Absolutely. Which I guess you. in the real world would just be the rich hunting the poor. <laughs> Which there have been multiple yeah. movies about why that is bad. Right, yes. Multiple movies and novellas and such. Is, uh, vote for Brad is a vote for more most dangerous games. <laughs> the farmer gets back to the gates of his village, but of course the gate is barred. Mm -hmm. Unable to get back in the village, he limps away, falls down a hill, and lands nearby a shrine to Buddha. Uh, which he goes to and starts praying at. The farmer places the vampire bat medallion at the base of the Buddha. The vampires catch up to him. They're surrounding him. He's all scared. And the vamp two of the vampires take their swords and slit his throat from both ends. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. Which is sort of like how Christopher Lee's Count Dooku dies that in is... uh, Revenge of the Sith. Holy shit, that is true. <laughs> By the way, the only reason why he's a count in that movie... Is because of Dracula. Is because George Lucas is a big Hammer fan, which yes. is why Peter Cushing is in the first Star Wars movie. <laughs> George Lucas was a big fan of people who did not like his movies. Yes, yes he was, absolutely. <laughs> also, these vampires are goofy as shit. Oh, for the sure. The way they look, the way they move. <laughs> it is it is interesting that they, uh, they have avoided doing the... I forget, I, again, it's in my notes somewhere, but there's there is a creature in China that is often called by American people Chinese vampires. Yes, the hopping vampire. The hopping, they have a, a creature in their mythology that is a living corpse that feeds on people's chi, and it hops up and down because corpses have rigor mortis, they can't move their mm -hmm. limbs, so they have to hop. And in a, when those movies that they make in China featuring these monsters are marketed in America, they're called Chinese vampires. Yes, I really need to, I believe they're still on Criterion Channel, the mm -hmm. Mr. Vampire series. Yes. I need yes. to check those out. Also, the, the skeletons, or the zombies, whatever you want to call them, mm -hmm. while they're like in their formation coming after him, they yes. have little hops. Yes. And I was wondering, is that supposed to be the Chinese vampire, or are they just goofy as shit? They mostly avoid the connections with the Chinese vampire myth. They seem The Shaw Brothers seems to have committed themselves to doing as close as they understand to what a Western vampire yes. is. And again, we'll get into Draw! that a little bit later. But... <laughs> He watched one vampire movie, and it was Billy the Kid versus Dracula. He <laughs> <laughs> watched one. Uh, but they, even though they're not doing the hopping thing, these are very much more agile vampires. Yeah. They're, no, they're, they're, they're still sort of like acrobatic in the way that they move. Uh, one of the vampires, the vampire who's the steam is coming out of his belly, mm -hmm. sees that his bat is by the Buddha and goes to pick it up, but he touches the Buddha statue, causing him to burst into flames and perish on the spot, dying, screaming, as his golden mask falls off, revealing his corpse-like face. That's he how we all hope to die. <laughs> <laughs> by touching Buddha. And just bursting into flames and screaming. <laughs> if this movie had had a sequel, I would want Sun Wukong to fight vampires. Who's Sun Wukong? Sun Wukong is the Monkey King. Oh, okay. Yes, uh, who also has beef with the Buddha. Oh! but uh, That seems like a fight he could win. Uh, Sun Wukong versus Buddha? Yeah. He tried. Buddha... Buddha yeah, I know. It was being sarcastic. Oh, I see. Okay. The other golden vampires look down his flaming remains with frozen hamburger expressions that just kind of look <laughs> like they're being like, eh, that's kind of weird, I guess. Whatever. Has anyone made ever made a stop-motion picture with hamburger? <laughs> like, you could do it, I think. <laughs> Well, in the movie Better Off Dead, there are 
Play-Doh recreations of hamburger. But I mean using actual ground beef. Using actual ground beef. Um, I think we need to. Let's do it. uh, Let's do it. Stop motion is timely, costly, and largely unrewarding. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) I mean, I always enjoy the efforts, but I imagine like... It seems like every stop... Most stop motion movies kind of land with a thud. Absolutely. Um, Like every... They're appreciated, but like... Mad God didn't set the world on fire exactly. after taking 30 years to make. And every Lake of Production lands in theaters with a huge marketing campaign based around preserve this art form. So, like, yeah. yeah. It also seems like most stop motion, at least the ones I'm familiar with, most stop motion productions seem to be the work of one person yeah. who's just gone insane. Just insanely working in a backyard. Is the, the most realistic thing that the show Poker Face ever did was cast the guy who does stop motion in his basement as Nick Nolte. Oh, wow. Because that's just, that's just like an unhinged Nick Nolte working feverishly in his basement to create Mad God is exactly the vibe. I still need to watch that. Uh, it's a great episode. I, I need to watch any of it. Cutting back to the lecture, Van Helsing concludes that he believes that the story is true. We already went over this. That he believes it's true because fuck you, I'm Peter Cushing. I have faith. I have, I got faith. Of the heart, and now even though the title of the movie is The Legend of the Seventh Golden Seven Golden Vampires, that vampire was killed by a farmer. So for the rest of this yes. film, there are six, six. golden yes. vampires. Uh, uh, uh. Just the right amount for a Power Rangers team. Yes, Vampire Power Rangers. The season. Sometimes that I a wish dozen vampires, like those vampires, are going to go bad before you get to use them. You just need a half dozen. <laughs> Clearly, these vampires are already going bad. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of life is this for them? Like, <laughs> At least Dracula seems to be getting a swerve on a lot. Sure, like he yeah. He has hips to serve. Absolutely. But, uh, Dracula's got and he's living in opulence. But, yeah. like, these guys are just, they're just making their blood soup. Yeah, absolutely. Just they constantly don't even making blood soup. particularly interested in the women they're torturing. They're just no. sort of blood farms. They just serve the blood soup. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. They're the factory workers of vampires. Oh, they should unionize. Uh, oh, yes. Unionize the seven golden vampires. Sorry, six golden vampires. Sorry for your loss. R.I.P. <laughs> There's a boys to men montage <laughs> in tribute that they play <laughs> to name to be inserted later. Golden Vampire number seven. Every time they, die, they go back to their lair and just put on the boys to men, <laughs> light a couple candles. Big boys to men fans. Oh yeah, vampires. Of course. In another movie, in in one of the other films, actually in several of the other Hammer films, it was established that Dracula was the very first vampire. Okay. This film retcons that and says that Dracula is an arch vampire, yes, but not the first. Vampirism originated in China. Oh. Which seems a really bad plot point to have, considering certain infamous racist phrases that turn up in Bruce Lee movies about Chinese people... Being the diseased, the disease spreaders of Asia, yeah. maybe not, maybe not a take to, to to go with Hammer Studios. Maybe one of the professors at the college stands up and challenges Van Helsing, saying that they know of Van Helsing's encounter with Count Dracula, an undoubted madman. Van Helsing says that Dracula was not a madman, at least not in the traditional sense. He was a grotesque creature, an arch vampire. So, if Dracula has been in China since 1804, mm-hmm. it is now 1904. Van Helsing. Fought him in the past. Apparently, it was this Van Helsing. This okay, is the, this is the OG Van Helsing, according to what this guy says. So this Van Helsing would is a like hundred years old, at least more than a hundred years old. Because I'm sure he didn't not... fight him as a baby. Right. Although I'd love to see that movie, <laughs> Boss Baby versus Dracula. <laughs> 
I would have seen Boss Baby by now if it was Peter Cushing voicing him and not Alec Baldwin. <laughs> it's amazing nobody died on the set of Boss Baby. <laughs> The professors at the university think Van Helsing is a charlatan, as we said. They decide to start storming out of, of the lecture hall. Van Helsing shouts after them as they leave. <laughs> you fools! Watch out for vampires! <laughs> They're everywhere! Why does everyone think I'm crazy? Watch out for blood-sucking vampires! They're made of hamburger! Van Helsing shouts after them as they leave. I am an outsider. I can accept that. But I've experienced the horror. And then quietly he says to himself, and the aftermath. Which screams to me of a line that Peter Cushing added. Yes. Because one, again, this script is awful. There's nothing in this movie that is as good as that line. No. Uh, and also, Peter, one of the things that Peter Cushing would do when rewriting his character's dialogue was to add in references to previous events or mm. his characters having a life outside of the movie at all. Yeah. Uh, Peter Cushing would always be like, see issue 38 right, of exactly. Van Helsing versus Dracula. Yes, uh, Excelsior. Excelsior. Uh, <laughs> You're not true believers! <laughs> Get back here and listen to my vampire stories! Uh, and it's the worst Stanley I ever did. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you weren't prepared. No, you, I wasn't. Normally you spend a week living as Stan Lee before yes. you come to the podcast. I just constantly steal people's ideas right. and take credit for them. <laughs> But I, I really like this line is showing, oh, basically over the course of this film, Peter Cushing's performance as Van Helsing is much more dour and desperate and sad yeah. than his performances have been in other movies, uh, which is sort of a theme for him around this time period. Again, he was going through a lot in his life, and it seemed to be reflected. His performances as uh, Dr. Frankenstein in this period in Frankenstein and the Monster of Hell is probably the greatest performance of his career and is really messed up and sad. Yeah. Uh, his performance as Sherlock Holmes that he did around this time was way meaner and less endearing than his Sherlock Holmes usually is. Sherlock Holmes is Mike Hammer just slapping people constantly. It was a lot more sexist. He, oh, yeah. He, like, really played into the... <laughs> just hits a woman with a carriage? Almost. No, he, he plays into how sexist the character Sherlock Holmes is in the stories. Gotcha. Whereas before, he'd always emphasize the good qualities of Holmes. In this last movie, he was like, I just really want to play up the fact that he's a bastard. Let me ask you a serious question. Yes. Do you think Peter Cushing's depression could have been cured if he had a bumper sticker that said, more Cushing for the pushing? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. I, that's, I, <laughs> a serious question deserves a serious answer? Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, well, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, there's no way to know. So That is, that is true. You know what? It will remain a very plausible theory, despite some <laughs> deniers. <laughs> Despite some... Like climate change. <laughs> there is one person left in the lecture hall who is not left and not abandoned Professor Van Helsing. Unfortunately, Van Helsing doesn't seem to notice and just leaves anyway. Yes. This guy... <laughs> Which is shitty. You perform yeah, for the audience you have. Absolutely. Uh, the guy sees Van Helsing leaving and has a sort of like, I'm a main character and I'm pondering kind mm -hmm. of face and leaves out the back. We cut to some br stuffy British dude talking to Leland Van Helsing, played by Robin Stewart. And the stuffy British Jew dude sort of looks like John Cleese. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, sort of. And uh, he's talking to Leland about how unpopular Van Helsing has become since the lo with the locals, given all of his outspoken weirdo vampire <laughs> <laughs> Which sucks for Van Helsing. He comes all the way to Hong Kong just to be ridiculed. Just to be ridiculed. <laughs> Absolutely. Every other actor in this movie who is not Peter Cushing and is not from the Shaw Brothers team seems to have decided that they are going to coast in this picture. Sure, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, Peter Cushing absolutely dedicated himself 110% to every performance he ever gave. A lot of other actors have decided they don't want to today. Well, I would say that the Scandinavian lady we're about to meet does pretty well. 
Oh, I think she's the worst. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I was just blinded by her Nordic beauty. <laughs> she is very pretty. She's very attractive. The British guy warns Leland that uh, there are members of the Tong in town, and that he should be careful, because there are members of the Tong in town. That seems enough. He points Which out, is another plot point that goes nowhere. I, it's just it's there. used for a little bit of plot convenience. Yeah. But other than that, I was expecting the main bad Chinese guy yeah. uh, who's the in the film leader. for five minutes yeah. to like follow them sure. to Penguin, mm-hmm. and uh, but he doesn't. This movie is more like uh, the good. Well, the granted, also don't doesn't he get killed? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, this, this so is, that's why. That's why. No, this movie is like the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's sort of this is a road picture kind yeah. of with like a lot of different vignettes occurring over the course. Uh, but uh, the the British person also like good, the bad, and the ugly. It has Eli Wallach playing a Mexican. <laughs> For no reason, he's just there. He's in in the background somewhere. Eli Wallach is on every film set, and he's like, it's me, famous Jewish person, Eli Wallach. Can I play a Mexican for you today? The British guy points out uh, a sexy rich widow lady, Vanessa Byrne, played by Mm -hmm. Julie Edge, uh, who is a feminist and wearing Mm, a lot of jewelry. And once again, he's worried about the tong. He introduces Leland to Mrs. Byrne, uh, and I said here in a movie full of bad actors, this lady is the worst, okay. uh, and her dialogue is all spoken in the monotone. But apparently, there was something to her performance that you liked. I I didn't mind her. Okay, I thought she was better than Leland. Leland is uh, a non-entity. He's, bar- also, he's barely human in this. Also, movie. there's a thing with her storyline that doesn't really play out. Yeah, but I appreciate it, and we'll get to it. I think I know what you're talking about, and I agree. Oddly, considering how unpopular Van Helsing, we presume, is in his home country and also in China. (laughs) Hated everywhere. Hated everywhere. There is one country in the world, (laughs) one country, where he is very popular, and it's the country that Mrs. Burren apparently comes from. Which is never, she's just identified as Scandinavian. She's not given a specific country. Scandinavia. Yeah. Sure. Which is like... That's a country, right? At the right? minimum of three countries. Oh, okay. Yeah, Scandinavia is what we generally refer to as Sweden, uh-huh. Norway, and Denmark. Sometimes sure. it includes Finland. Uh-huh. Sometimes it includes Greenland. Right. But Scandinavia is not a single country. Gotcha. Okay. But she's from it, whatever yes. it is. Uh, and she's like, oh, the people in my home country are huge fans of Professor Van Helsing. We have fan clubs. It's we have like, conventions. It's like how Sugar Man was only popular in Ura. Sixto Rodriguez was only popular in South Africa and Australia. There you go. She says she's read all of the books Van Helsing has written about Count Dracula. He's written <laughs> How so many has he written? He's been alive for a hundred years. Over a hundred years, he has had a lot of books to I, write. He's been bored a lot of the time. Just telling the same story over and over and over again. This explains why he went to China. It's been over a hundred years since he killed Dracula. He needs something to do. It's for the Cantonese translation of sure. his book. Absolutely, absolutely. He's written multiple books on the subject of Dracula, and she says, I would love to Make talk... Make love the vampire killer way. <laughs> I, says, I would love to talk to the famous vampire catcher. Leland insists that his father is primarily an anthropologist, and that one does not catch a vampire. She seemed super horny for Van Helsing. Yes, absolutely. And I was really hoping... Let me read my note. Go for it. I really hope we get a very graphic sex scene of living mummy Peter Cushing fucking the Scandinavian lady. <laughs> Like, just this uh, May-December romance and Peter Cushing just, like, <laughs> rail thin and just, like, maybe a tuft of gray hair on his sure, chest. Yeah, just, yeah. like, going to, town going to town with his decrepit penis. One of the... So, interesting. I bet recently, Peter Cushing's penis looks exactly like him. 
there are bones in it for some reason. There's a, like, yeah, a lot, of, yeah, a he lot has, of bones. Yeah, he has a baculum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's how he got famous. He originally started in the sideshow. <laughs> the only human ever born with a baculum. And then they're like, hey, kid, you can act like... It was it was like Will it's like Will Rogers. He's just on the stage and he started telling jokes and they're like, You have stage presence. Or it's like when like, there were uh, conjoined twins and they would play the piano. They had sure, to have like another yeah, thing. They had, they had to have like, a he uh, <laughs> Yeah, the, the novelty of just looking at the baculum, you lose yeah. you lose the luster after a so while. He would Shakespeare, right. And then they were like, Hey Absolutely. kid, you should be in pictures. Yeah. He's like, Are we still gonna show my boned penis? He's <laughs> like, No. It's like finally <laughs> Respect for my true art. <laughs> oh God! Uh, all respect to Peter Cushing. All respect to Peter actor. Cushing. Yes, Sorry. he is. I'm not making fun of him. I'm just making yeah, no, jokes I know. about. I understand. I understand completely. Uh, I'm I'm not offended. I just if... I just hope the Peter Cushing Historical Society isn't listening. <laughs> they they might be offended. Leland is. Peter Cushing only had a half baculum. <laughs> so cut back to Professor Van Helsing going back to his lodgings. Uh, the young man from... <laughs> Another successful day. <laughs> that went better than usual. Oh, that was what I was going to say. Uh, if you do want to see Peter Cushing having sex, I assume I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, yes, please. There's a new Peter Cushing DVD or Blu-ray collection from... Uh, Severin. Severin, and involving a sex comedy that he was apparently oh. in, uh, which is the only time Peter Cushing got to play Count Dracula, oh. uh, is a sex comedy... Involving, I don't know if he has sex with anyone, but he certainly does spank a lot of naked ass. They included it in the trailer, and it's, <laughs> and another testament to how sweet Peter Cushing was. He, the only thing that he was ever uncomfortable with, not because of his character wouldn't do it, he was happy with doing it because his character would, but just because he was uncomfortable. It was any time he had to commit violence on any other person in a movie. Oh, okay. It was something that he personally had to get over. Gotcha. And you can tell... So the spanking was... The only bit of unconvincing acting I've ever seen from Peter Cushing is him trying to spank this woman's ass in that trailer. Because he looks like he's so worried he's going to hurt this <laughs> this poor woman. The young man from Who's the... Who's your granddaddy? <laughs> oh, that's someone's fetish. So Professor Van Helsing is back in his lodgings. The young man from the lecture hall climbs up the wall outside and pops in through the window to have a quick chat with the professor. Like you do. Like you do. We can tell already that he's a kung fu master, not only because he can walk up walls, but because as he's trying to get into the house, he bangs his foot on a post, and a cloud of dust flies off of his foot, and you can always tell a kung fu master by how much dust they have on their clothes. Yes. It explodes outward whenever they make impact with anything. The man's name is Shi Cheng. He apologizes for the behavior of his countrymen. And Van Helsing is just shocked to have finally found anyone who takes him seriously. Sometimes you're mentally ill. Sure. And you meet another mentally ill person. Sure. Who um, exacerbates your condition. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. I would love... It's almost, it's almost like Martin, but like a Folie Adu movie where like two people are just like, we're vampire hunters. <laughs> like, of course, of course, they're, they're lurking in the shadows. Absolutely. And also I would love Peter Cushing as... Van Helsing versus Martin. Oh my god. 
<laughs> just oh boy. Peter Cushing going to face like an evil, like an arch vampire, and it's just this weedy, twitchy kid. It's just that's, that's all the movies. That's all the movies. <laughs> uh, Tanta <laughs> Van Helsing teams up with Tantacuda. I don't think Van Helsing would have any any patience for Tantacuda. Tantacuda would force his way in. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, he would. And Van Helsing would spend the entire movie just lecturing him and talking to him about how much of a dick he is. By the actually, way, actually, I really want this movie now. Yeah, no, it'd be great. <laughs> Early episode of the show, I think like episode eight or something. Martin, check it out. Absolutely, please do. Uh, and also check out Martin. It's just a great movie. Oh, I'm, I yeah, check out both. He says he wants to speak to Van Helsing alone. Van Helsing tells Shi Chang that he's about to leave back to Europe, uh, but <laughs> at least when they hate me there, I can understand what they're saying. <laughs> Ching, played by David Chang, reveals that the farmer who killed the seventh golden vampire was his grandfather, and that he and his brothers and sister are all from the village that Van Helsing seeks, and he knows where the village is that he's been looking for. The village is called Penguin. Penguin. Which YouTube obviously captioned as Penguin. Meanwhile, Leland Van Helsing is talking to Vanessa about how he doesn't have a problem with women's rights. But, but so maybe rela- they shouldn't have any. Yeah, their relationship is going well. Because uh, she's a very liberated woman. She travels on her own. Yes. And he's like, oh, I, I suppose you have that right, but it's very dangerous and you're only a woman, so yeah. As long as you don't own property or open a bank account, I guess it's okay. <laughs> when he's talking to the other British, the stuffy British guy earlier, the guy says, like, they'll be wanting the vote next. And he says, <laughs> oh, she has my vote, if you know what I mean. His penis. That's what he's talking about. That's what he calls his penis, his yeah. vote. Meanwhile, the Tong leader sends a note to Vanessa. Basically saying, like, hey, wanna fuck or else I'm gonna kill you. It's extremely forward. It's <laughs> it's it's ba- it's almost exactly that literal. Let me escort you home. Yeah. <laughs> Let me escort you to your lodgings and give you my protection, which is what he calls his penis. Yes. Leland Van Helsing steps in and says he's escorting the lady home, and the snobby British guy tells Leland that he has caused the Tong leader to lose face, which Uh-oh. is an unforgivable crime. He took his face off. Exactly. Uh, I have nowhere else to relay this joke. Go for it. So I'm just going to do it here. Do it. I think... Um, the inspiration for John Woo's face-off yes. was the Kate Bush song, Running Up That Hill, and where she says, uh, if only I could make a deal with God and get him to swap our places, oh. but John Woo heard faces, ah. and thus he wrote face-off. I assumed that it was a that song was actually the inspiration for this movie. Oh. It was about Dracula and Ka. Maybe. Switching places. Kate Bush is very uh, worldly. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, Van Hels- uh, Ching uh, begs Van Helsing to help him, to aid, give him his uh, experience and ability with fighting vampires to help him take back his village. And says that uh, he and his brothers and his sister are pledged to rid uh, their people of the vampire curse. Van Helsing says that they will need money and provisions and supplies if they're going on such a trip, uh, and he doesn't have a whole lot of money left after this whole Chinese uh, experience. How does he have any money? What is his job? A vampire catcher, I it guess? It doesn't seem like there's a lot of work out there. It doesn't seem... How yeah. he is just constantly ridiculed. Residuals from his hundreds of books about Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he asks... Zen and the art of Dracula killing. <laughs> Humans are from Mars, vampires are from Venus. <laughs> he t- asks Ching if he and his brothers are rich. He says they are not, but they have strength and willingness. Van Helsing then... It's like, okay, I can't take that to a bank. <laughs> 
Van Helsing then pulls probably the shittiest move and says, Oh, by the way, I need proof that you actually know where this village is. From the guy who just said, I heard a story once. It's true. And I know it. Because I was a vampire once. Uh, so... So the young man produces the golden vampire medallion from the legend, which is also very spurious proof. Like exactly. it's just like oh, again, it looks you like you have a necklace from... shaped like a bat. Yes, I'm sold. Sold, absolutely. This cause looking at the vampire medallion causes Peter Cushing to make serious Peter Cushing face, the most feared Peter Cushing face. Is that like Paddington's hard stare? Basically, yes. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you for putting it in terms I can understand. Um, yeah, absolutely. Don't worry. Leland and uh, Mrs. Byrne are walking home like fucking idiots back yeah. to their home, uh, making a whole bunch of jokes about women's lib along the way, and <laughs> yes, and are jumped by the tong, resulting in our first fight scene of the movie. You can absolutely tell that the other director takes over whenever the fight scenes happen. Like the everything about the movie changes the cinematography changes the way things are shot the way people are directed completely changes every time a fight scene happens oh yeah and it the these are the best scenes in the movie they are they're absolutely good yeah leland attempts to fight back against the tong but he's of course hopelessly outmatched yeah because he's english (laughs) they can't kill a foreigner unless they have a 16 pound gun right absolutely but thankfully two of the she brothers are there to fight there's one dude with a bow and arrow another one with two Huge fucking battle axes. Yes. I love that in these movies. The captions refer to these people as Todd the X-Men and Quaid the Bovine. What? (laughs) Quaid the Bovine. Because one is an Axeman. Right. And the other is a Bowman. Oh, God. All right. (laughs) But I really want a comic called... Todd the X-Men and Quaid the Bovine. Let's and obviously it's Quaid from Total Recall. Obviously, yes, absolutely. But he's a cow. But he's, but he's a cow now. Yes, the fighting in this movie is pretty great. It's not anything that's going to rock your world. We've seen a lot of martial arts movies yeah, with very it's, impressive stuff. It's nothing clever. No. But it's well done. It's good stuff, yeah. And there's blood, which is yes. great. Uh, the two She Brothers save our dumbasses in distress and then decide to rickshaw them back to their homes. Yeah. Nice of them. Now there are, of course they have to have deference for foreigners. They yeah, have to ex- be, exactly. Can't all just walk. We need to. There's a lot of that in this movie, and it's annoying. Uh, now that our heroes are all together, except for the four other she brothers and the sister, yes. Van Helsing brings up again that they need money for the expedition. Isn't it great that we establish that this woman is rich? A scene ago, rich, a fan of Van Helsing, and wants to go somewhere, and is an adventuress, yes. as Sherlock Holmes would call her, an adventrix, an adventure. Ooh, sexy. I like that better. Yeah. So Vanessa is, it says, "I'll finance the trip." Van Helsing says, "Out of the question for them to bring a young woman on the journey," but she insists on going. Shi Ching will find very quickly is the single Chinese character with the most lines in the yes. film. He basically the other brothers never speak. And the sister speaks once, I think. Shh. I, I, it's not a lot. Yeah. And so most of the time it's just sort of any character development that the brothers get, and it's basically nothing, comes through Shi Ching telling Van Helsing things about his family. Yes. We cut to them traveling on the road to Dracula's castle, or Dracula's temple. Cut to the procession of the Shi siblings and the sister, and Van Helsing and Mrs. Burren in a wagon on a wide open field. Suddenly a bunch of Tong thugs burst out of the brush, mm-hmm. all wielding weapons, 
and the brothers and the sister go into battle. We have a guy wielding a spear, a guy with a mace, Shi Ching, who's completely unarmed, the sister who has two daggers, the guy with the battle axes, two guys with swords, and the archer. Yes. And they rush into the field and have a huge melee in the brush. And, and it's, it's great. It is great. It's, it's great. It's, this, like I mentioned earlier, with a lot of like Golden Harvest group battles, where it's just yeah. kind of like, we're going to look like we're doing things, but we're just, mm-hmm. we're not going to bother to work this out. This is actually choreographed. It's mm-hmm. well shot. It's well edited. There's blood. They give it's, moments to every one of the characters. They do, including uh, the sister, which yes. this is something we've talked about privately yeah. in our most secret moments together. Absolutely. Uh, a lot. Yeah. Asian cinema is much better, at least Japanese and Hong Kong cinema are much better about allowing women to be badasses. Yes. I'm not going to say it's hugely prominent but it mm-hmm. does happen yes the coolest character in the aforementioned dragon inn yes is the lady and um, one of the coolest characters in, in come, come drink, drink with, with me, me is yeah. a lady as well yes absolutely um, there's usually at least one badass lady in most of the kung fu movies you've shown and wuja films you've shown me yeah and that the sister takes that role in this film she doesn't get as much to do as come drink with me and dragon in but she gets some cool moments she gets some cool moments and, and she has more... one of the coolest weapons when she whips out a dagger it turns into two daggers and she's like yes. it's great and also more than any woman would ever get i'm assuming in a hammer film oh for sure yeah no hammer movies had some cool uh lady protagonists sometimes but when the action happened they were always thrown to the side yeah they never got to do anything cool as far as violence goes my my one problem with this scene is oh one there's a dope kill where a dude just gets arrowed to fuck Yes, the Tong leader is uh, trying to ride down Leland on a horse and gets an arrow through his fucking throat. It's a nice effect. It's great. For a movie that no one cared about and I can't imagine had a big budget. No. Uh, It's a great effect. Yeah. But uh, at this point, obviously you've established that these are the Tong. Yes. I had no clue who was fighting who or why. Sure, okay. The reason I knew that they were the Tong is because they established in the previous fight scene that all Tong thugs wear all black all the time. Oh, okay. And all of these people are wearing all black. And also in the big wide shot, which I'm sure in the YouTube version was probably a lower quality, so maybe you didn't see it. In the big wide shot, when they all pop up, the Tong leader pops up, and I recognize the actor from the previous scene. And he was wearing a hat. Hmm. Which was different than the <laughs> previous scene. Dutch hat. <laughs> He's wearing a big hat, and then he got shot through the neck with an arrow, which yes. was great, as we've established. Now, you may be wondering how the kung fu fighting is connected to the British cast and what they're doing during these fight scenes. Which is nothing. Except for Leland. Leland runs in and does a lot of Captain Kirk fighting, which involves people getting on top of him and then him, like, making struggling noises while he lays there. Okay. Uh, which, to me, is nothing. That is that is nothing. Like, You're right. But it's more than Peter Cushing and Vanessa are doing, well, which Peter is Peter Cushing just... is 140 years old. Right, absolutely. If anybody touches him, he turns to dust. <laughs> Again, he isn't as old as he looks in this movie. He's okay. just he's just dying from Yeah, he was 35 sad. in this movie. N- not quite, but still but they're they're in they just stay in the background and every once in a while you'll have these great fight scenes and every once in a while they'll just cut back to Peter Cushing looking really concerned <laughs> and then cut back to the fighting. It's there have been better fusions of genre is what I'm saying. Leland does get one kill by uh force. Doesn't he shoot a dude? Or he, is that later? He that happens later. I okay. think he tries to shoot someone in this fight scene and completely whiffs it. The guy jumps on him, 
tries to stab him, and he just takes the knife and stabs the guy with his own knife, which is, again, very Captain Kirk, very nothing, um, yeah. especially compared to everyone else. There's a lot of blood in this fight scene. I like it. There's some great carnage. There's like, some great it, carnage. It is bloody as shit. Like, it's not yeah. Lone Wolf and Cub. No. Uh, Every time that brought, gets brought up, we need to mention, check out Lone Wolf and Cub 2. Yes. Check out the entire series. Check out the whole it's, series. It's great, but, but Lone Wolf and Cub 2 is amazing. What was the other one we were obsessed with? Uh, I think it was the fourth one. Yeah, That that's was right. the titty lady one. Yeah, the titty lady one. That was a good one. Um, and not just because of titties. No, uh, it's actually... The reason why we call it that is because it's actually germane to the plot. It is! And her <laughs> tactics, which is to... Flash her boobs. To strip naked, yeah. basically... And distract her enemies yeah. while she does cool sword shit. It's extremely important to the story. <laughs> oh, no, she also has that gnarly tattoo that scares them. Yeah, she has a t- scary tattoo. One of my favorite moments in the fight scene is actually the very end of it, in which we cut to a shot of, apparently, Shin Ching has just Three Stooges style shoved his fingers into the trachea of another human being. And he's just holding oh, his yeah. body he there. Does, he does a Sarugi slash Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse. Yes, he pulls his fingers out, holds the guy's corpse up in the air for a little bit longer, long enough for him to wipe his the blood off on the guy's <laughs> chest, and then drops him on the ground and just sort of like dusts off his hands. And I was that's just that's a great moment. That's a great action hero <laughs> kung fu movie. Oh, moment. it's great! Anytime anyone's throat gets ripped out, is absolutely great. love a good throat ripping. in movies or in real life. <laughs> Always good, no downside. No, I can't think of one. You can't think of a single one. Anyway, the fight is over. With. Oh, the loss of human life. Oh, oh shit! God. I always forget about. I that. I always forget about that. Anyway, the fight over our heroes. Uh, the fight is over. Our heroes continue to traverse that night. They camp, and Van Helsing tells Shi Ching. That the martial arts he saw in the mor- that morning was the most fantastic display. He's never seen anything like it. Which I could believe being Peter Cushing's actual reaction. Sure, absolutely. He probably hadn't seen anything like that. I'm sure he was disgusted by all the food he was offered, but really enjoyed <laughs> watching these Chinamen fight. Xi Ching decides to let Van Helsing know who his brothers are. Uh, saying yeah. Todd the X-Men and Quaid the Bovine. Absolutely. It, he says one of my favorite and least favorite names uh, lines in the movie, keep their names in some corner of your memory. Yes. I both love and hate that line at the same time. Why I get why you love it cuz it's because unfortunately uh Van Helsing is a 1900s British man who does not care about foreigners, probably to some sure. extent. Yeah, but also these are valiant men who are willing to die for him. I like it because there's in in the movie's strongest moments to me there is mm. a theme of melancholy of a hopeless journey that we will not come back from, and which could have been underscored more. And yes, absolutely. So I like that line because it's it's one of the lines that points to that theme. And I like that idea of, like, he's already preparing himself for the idea that they're not going to make it out of here. And somehow this ancient fucker he's talking to is. Yeah. And that, please remember us when we are gone. So, or maybe he just knows that Van Helsing is immortal and uh, is <laughs> and is like, when, when all of us die, please remember uh, our us. But also, none of the brothers, as I said, 
or the sister to a certain extent are given much in the way of character. No. So it almost feels like a metatextual joke about like, please remember the names of these characters who are nothing. Yeah. Um, but do the coolest shit in the movie. But do the coolest shit in the movie. Exactly. There are twin brother swordsmen named Shisan and Shisung. The sword blades are made of pure silver. Mm-hmm. And I really like their whole thing. They the whole, Their whole thing is that they're... The only character development they get is in their fight choreography, which is really cool. Yes. That you can have character development in fight choreography. But they always fight grasping hands. They they hold hands and with one hand and the other hand is using their swords. They're those kind of twins. They're those kind of twins. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Shi Tao... The massive one uses the mace. He has the strength of ten oxen. He's the same size as everyone else. Yes. Uh, they should have used force perspective to make, <laughs> to make him seem huge. It would have been nice to just have someone who looked different from the other one so I could tell... Get fucking Bolo. Yeah, get, get, get Bolo in get there. Get Bolo, absolutely. She Pokwe... Uh, many years ago, he chose the sharp stabbing spear and is now its master. Yes. The sharp, I believe it's a stepping spear. Yeah. Is it a stepping spear? I think so. Okay. Uh, in the, they, he just calls it a sharp stabbing spear. Because I was, uh, well, in my, at least, granted, I'm going off YouTube co- captions. Right. So it could have been stabbing. It said stepping. Okay. Shita is the axe guy. Shi Kuei is the bowman. Uh, and I know that you're confused. She Pokwe is the spearman. She Quay is Bowman. Pokwe and Quay, different people. And finally, the little sister of the family, She Mai Quay, who, as we established, fights with daggers and apparently has eyes for Leland. Yes, and also in the YouTube captions, she is referred to as Microwave. <laughs> she Mai Quay, Microwave. Yes. I, okay, great. Uh, Van Helsing asks Ching. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Um, well, it comes a bit later, but there is no basis for Leland and Microwave to fall in love. Absolutely none. Absolutely none. Leland... It doesn't help that neither of them have any personality whatsoever. Or character, yeah, yeah at anything. All. Like, we're, we're going to get this... But they are both hopelessly in love with each other from the second yes. this scene happens. Which I can understand it from Leland's perspective, because it's like, mm-hmm. she's this and... This is a contested term these days. Exotic beauty. Yes. Um, yeah. No, problematic just, phrase. Yeah. But that is so the way he sees her. That's and exactly the way he sees her. In one scene, the only scene in which a, either of them explain why they like the other one, Leland says to her, you're like a porcelain kitten until you fight. Yes. In which case you're a wild tigress. Which I'm this, I like a strong mommy too. Sure. Um, but Leland doesn't like, there's no reason for microwave to reciprocate these no, feelings she would be like not. you're a dumb foreign pussy and like why would i love you every time you call her microwave i'm imagining a transformers character <laughs> <laughs> microwave transform <laughs> and he's actually like his his door is broken so the radiation leaks out <laughs> as it's cooking your tina's burrito oh and it just God. gives the Oh, uh, what are the fucking bad robots called? Oh, the Decepticons. The Decept- it gives the Decepticons cancer. Yeah, absolutely. Which I don't think robots can get cancer, but... Maybe. They can get... I think if another Transformer gives them cancer... Sure. I don't know. I never. I didn't finish college, so I don't know. <laughs> I did try and start a religion around Optimus Prime in college. So, yeah? Yeah. Well, I'm glad College Billy is different from now, Billy. <laughs> 
Van Helsing asks Ching how he found him, and Ching says, did I find you, or were you sent to us? Which is not an answer to the question Van Helsing asked. No. Uh, but, like, the assumption that there was some heavenly force that sent yeah. this doddering old man <laughs> to Hong Kong. The Buddha himself summoned Peter Cushing to look at you guys while you did all the work. What we need is an old white man! <laughs> Which is apparently what God thinks we need to run this America as well. Absolutely. Van Helsing rejects the idea that he was somehow sent to China to use his abilities to kill Chinese vampires. He tells Ching he came you to China. You do one thing, Van Helsing. <laughs> he tells uh, Ching that he came to Van- China because he knows only European vampires and want to know more about Chinese vampires. <laughs> I'm not going to make the joke I was going to make. Okay. The Van Helsing consistently proves that bringing him on this trip was a bad idea. Yeah. Throughout the whole movie. Every time they ask him something about vampires, and he's like, can you tell us? He's like, well, I can tell you what European vampires do. Again, I have to stress, I do not know what we're doing here. <laughs> well, I appreciate that he's willing to admit that yeah. there might be cultural or physiological or whatever differences. differences. Absolutely. But you should have a little confidence and it's like, let's try this first. Sure. And if not, then we'll try uh, other things. Something else. We cut to the set back to the Seven Golden Vampires raiding a village. Unclear whether this is a different village or the same village as before. They're riding through the town, killing people and ripping the tops off, tops off of women at yes. random. Now, as has been established on this show, I yeah. always appreciate nudity. Sure. I prefer the breast kind, but I also yeah. enjoy it. I don't... I appreciate it when a penis pops up, mm-hmm. just for equity. Absolutely, actor's equity. Exactly, that's yeah. what the strike's about. Yes. <laughs> More dick. <laughs> we More floppy doll. Sean Aston will not go back to work until we get more dick in movie. Let penises be erect. Yes. But this is so gratuitous and unnecessary. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was. I was like, okay. Yeah. This is, we don't need this. Because it's literally it's just... so blatant. The vampire's just ripping shirts open. Literally. No, there's there's a, there's a one shot that goes on for just like slightly too long. Of yeah. this Rips the top off of this woman. And the woman just sort of like backs up doing this half-hearted scream. And then remembers that she's playing a character and like tries to pretend to, to cover up without yeah. actually covering up. It's just basically doing the porn like accentuation of the chest. You know movements. how... <laughs> These dizzy broads. <laughs> they want to hide their goods, but they just don't know how to. <laughs> oh, boy. Cutting back to the camp, Van Helsing is breaking down what he does know about vampires. Uh, One, teeth. <laughs> Two, bats. <laughs> vampires are undead creatures that crave the human blood. Their cursed creature possess black powers and incredible strength. Black uh, power, yes, indeed. Black yes, lives indeed. Matter. Absolutely. Blackula. Yeah, fall before them, you too will be eternally damned. They abhor anything that has holy significance. They fear the word of the Lord in Europe. Have I ever told you about my uh, Jamaican vampire movie? I don't know. Go it's for called it. called Blackula Dread and Loving It. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I'm glad I interrupted your sentence. Sorry, to, uh... Starring Carl Lumley. Yes. I assume that's Joanna Lumley's brother. No, but Joanna Lumley was in the Vamp- Dracula movie directly before this. Oh, was she? As Van Helsing's granddaughter. Oh. Yeah. Uh, she was wasted. Oh, uh, uh, drunk. Yes, that too. Like her abfab character. <laughs> uh, in, in China, he imagines the crucifix won't work because Chinese vampires aren't Christians. Mm-hmm. They're Buddhists, so the Buddha will <sighs> hurt them. Damn that Buddha! 
which has always confused me. Uh, unless it's sort of a, a, a thing where, like, a lot of modern-day vampire myths will be like, well, you have to have faith in something. Yes. There's... Uh, I believe... If it doesn't pop up in Salem's Lot, it pops mm-hmm. up in Dark Tower 5. It does pop up in Salem's Lot, too. Okay, then the, that's what I'm thinking of. Because they, there's that scene where the priest loses faith in the cross as the vampire's talking yes. to him, and then the vampire can kill him, which is probably my favorite scene in that book. It's so fucking scary. It's a good book. Great book. And um, also, I love Father Callahan. That was the priest. Yeah, yeah. No, great, great character, too. Oh, there's also a scene in an episode of Doctor Who where they do that, and there's a communist who holds up a hammer and sickle symbol to ward off vampires because he has faith in it. Okay. Yeah. And that's a... <laughs> it's a choice. That is a choice. Yes. That's, uh, that's fun. But I've always been confused. In this movie, doesn't seem to be that it's the faith that causes the pain, or at least... George Michael is not involved. <laughs> exactly. It, it, at least in the Hammer films in general, it wasn't. But again, this movie has very little to do with the other Hammer films. So maybe that's what it is. But the cross is a symbol in the Christian mythology of power of good over evil. Buddha, as I understand it, and I'm not a Buddhist, so I might be wrong, is a symbol of a state of desirelessness, which doesn't feel like it would kill a vampire to me. I don't know. Unless enlightenment is actually bursting into flames and disintegrating, in which case I don't know why Buddhists want it. Well, there was that one Buddhist monk who set himself on fire to protest the Vietnam War. There is that. So, hey. Maybe he was on to something. Maybe that's maybe that's. Uh, the thing. I don't know enough about Buddhism or Chinese sure. religion. I have tried to look into Sorry. Chinese religion, and it is expansive. Okay. It is... A lot of denominations. A lot. Not even denominations, just like... A lot of material. Yes. Okay. It is, it, it's, I found it impenetrable. That's me every time I try and look into Hindu religion. It's... It's so vast. Yes. Like, the amount of stuff. I uh, miss the boat on Hindu religions, I guess. Well, uh, you're lost, because it's the only true one. Uh, <laughs> as it turns out. Me, I've been studying it since I was five. Right, yeah, absolutely. I'm an eighth-level Hindu. <laughs> I don't know that that's a thing. And I spell it the old way, H-I-N-D-O-O. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, Van Helsing continues to... Me and Kali, we are tight. <laughs> I have my problems with Shiva, but, uh, you know. Sure, yeah, yeah. You and you and she don't talk anymore. No. Uh, Van Helsing continues to talk about how to destroy a vampire, saying wooden stakes... Silver shafts, points of the silver swords. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to say silver shamrock. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting close to Halloween. Absolutely. So. Ching says, what about fire? And Velden Helsing is like, well, no, but maybe in China. I don't maybe, know. Maybe over here in Wackadoo. Land. <laughs> <laughs> he says he doesn't know, but he says the golden medallions. Although I feel like, again, I'm not the yeah. vampire expert that you are. Sure. I feel like setting a vampire on fire is going to set him back. Is it's at least not gonna. He's not gonna like it. No. Yes. It, there, there, there was that time in in Blade where they set that one vampire on fire, and he was at least perturbed. Yeah, he, he was, wasn't dead. He, he, he was he inconvenient. He didn't like it. Is the no. point? I want a, a series, a book, a movie, whatever. Yeah. About someone who like respects vampires' lives and doesn't want to kill them, but he sure. wants to inconvenience them. <laughs> So they're not killing people all the time. He's just like, I can't take another life. That's hypocritical. Right. That's what I'm trying to stop. Uh But at least I can set you back. (laughs) I can steal your car keys. (laughs) 
Oh no, where are my geese? There is Oh no, now I have to ride share. There is one of these Hammer Dracula movies where Dracula is stabbed with a metal spike and he just pulls it out of him. Yeah. And he's not dead and he raises it up like he's gonna stab the hero like a like a javelin mm-hmm. and lightning strikes it uh-huh. and he's set on fire and fall and dies and i always like to think of that ending as being god striking dracula dead or just zeus being like i've had enough of this asshole or thor or thor that's it it's the marvel crossover yes uh dracula thor. character in marvel comics <laughs> invented by marvel uh, yes absolutely um dracula also invented by marvel yes so uh he says the golden medallions are the symbol of their undead life force the six golden vampires need that medallion back. Once they have it back, they can reincarnate the seventh golden vampire. Mm, convenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he's holding the golden vampire medallion, it suddenly becomes too hot to hold, and he drops it, breaking his, his little cup. And Van Helsing turns to the group and says, They know we're coming. Okay. Which is not... That is not borne out by the plot. No. At all. But it's a spooky moment, I guess. Yeah, sure. Cutting back to the village, the town is now overrun with an army of green zombies. The villagers are trying to fight. And by green zombies, you mean that they use solar panels and drive electric cars. Green energy, skelly zombies. Again, we cut back to the camp. Leland Van Helsing is, is hitting on Mai and helping her wash dishes. Vanessa is encouraging him in that, but then realizes, oh shit, the guy who I had had the most scenes and dialogue with up until this point is now having a romance with someone else. So who am I going to have need a romance, a romance in? with? And it can't be Peter Cushing because yeah. he is six thousand years old. Right? He is literally Black Adam. <laughs> Black Adam. So uh, she looks around, Shi uh, Ching, and goes off to Which hang out I with him. I love. I love this idea that the white lady is going for the Chinese guy. I love like, that there are two is... interracial romances in this movie. Exactly. I mean, the white guy. With a foreign bride is... Problematic. Uh, not necessarily problematic. It can be done well. Yeah. But it is definitely like but this, this movie fetishization well. yeah. of foreignness and like... Yes. This idea that like... Because Microwave is... <laughs> while she is a warrior, <laughs> yes. she is also submissive. She's this like very washing stuff. woman. Exactly. Yeah. But the idea of a white woman going for a... Even now, you yeah. do not see that very much. Absolutely. Uh, one of my favorite things about the movie Sorry to Bother You is there is a potential relationship between a black woman and an Asian man, mm. um, which that's a pairing you do not see. So I, I thought it was very bold of this movie to mm-hmm. even imply that there was a romance between yeah. a Scandinavian woman and... Chinese man. I agree. Even though, of course, she's Scandinavian yes. and not English yes. or whatever. So there is this aspect of foreignness to make it, to like put a little bit of a barrier between it. Right. But in terms of bigotry, like she is less foreign than he is. True. She is white. Exactly. Yes. And she is the whitest of white because she is Nordic. Right. There We're you go. We're pale people. That's yes. where my people come from. Sure. The north of Europe. Mm-hmm. I will never say I have Viking ancestry because Viking is a job, not an ethnicity. There you go. Absolutely. Uh, And also, I'm not a white nationalist. (laughs) I'll never forget the moment a man came up to me and said, said, well, actually, I'm a believer in the Norse gods. Now, I know what you're thinking, but I'm not racist. And I was like, wow, okay, well. You're racist. Yeah, that's the fastest I've ever thought someone was a racist, I think. Yes. Uh, so she 
shacks up with Shi Ching. Despite her earlier bravado and talking about how much she wanted to be an adventurous or adventurix, she seems to have developed a more fatalistic attitude at this point in the journey. Well, yeah, because she's seen a bunch of people fucking die, you True. goddamn Taurus. Absolutely. Uh, she she looks at she looks at uh, uh, microwave and Leland uh, canoodling by the by the little stream and asks Shi Ching if they're if he thinks that they're in love. Shi Ching says yes. And she says something to the tune of uh, good for them falling in love. They'll have that memory that will stick with them no matter what happens. Which, again, pointing towards a sort of fatalistic idea of no one is expecting this journey to go well. Yeah, which, again, I, I know I said it before, but yeah. I wish it had been more utilized, this idea. Of Actually this developed? Suicide yeah. mission, this apocalypse now, this dirty dozen idea of like, okay, we're going into the heart of vampire country and... Mm-hmm. We're going to travel to hell now. Best case scenario is we achieve in destroying these things. We might not get out alive, any of us. Yeah. It's there are elements to this movie that could have made it a really good movie. Oh, absolutely. Instead of a interesting thing. Yes. Which is what it is. What it needs is a John Cassavetes as one of the Chinese (laughs) men to really unite these guys. Hey. And Peter, Peter Cushing is the Lee Marvin, and he flips somebody. Hey, I'm Quaid the Bovine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Quaid the Bovine, my yes. favorite. I... <laughs> Kaz, played by Peter Falk. Yeah. <laughs> well, now we're just assuming this is a John Cassavetes movie. <laughs> no, I just assume Peter Falk is around. <laughs> yeah. I assume he's always around. He's, he's my guardian around. angel. <laughs> Like in the movie Wings of Desire. Spoiler for Wings of Desire. I thought you played a guardian angel. Well, I don't. It's worth watching, but sure. No, I knew. I knew he was in Wings of Desire. Okay. Yeah, I won't Uh, say anything more. That's okay. Meanwhile, the in the Vampire Stronghold, they have a new collection of mostly topless ladies tied down to their altar. Ka uses his Dracula powers to summon one of them up to his uh, dais to drink blood from. Once he's made his selection, the other vampires are like, okay, it's okay to eat. And they rush in and grab the other ones. Okay, grace has been said. Yeah, grace has been said. And uh, they drink just a little bit, just like a shot's worth, and the rest of the blood flows into the bubbling blood cauldron in the center. Following day, as the crew of adventurers travel up the mountain, Shi Ching says it's going to be getting dark soon and they need to find shelter and suggests a cave. Leland Van Helsing is complaining that he hasn't seen any birds or lizards in a while, which we know is because Ka eats all the birds. That joke was a callback. It was uh, a callback. <laughs> that took me a minute to process. Where I was like, no, Billy, it's because of the unnatural forces at play. Cod doesn't eat any birds. Leland, Leland refers to it as a godforsaken place. Van Helsing says, apt description, godforsaken. Yes. Although, as we've learned, uh, the Chinese don't have God. They just have Buddha. They just have Buddha. Uh, Just as if it's not an apt replacement. I see you, Chinese people. We see you, Chinese people. Our biggest audience. Yes. Uh, (laughs) uh, This is the only podcast that are allowed in China. Absolutely. Absolutely. Van Helsing has another monologue here saying that he doesn't like the atmosphere. There's something malignant and stating that... uh, I've never seen the place we're going, but every detail is crystal clear, strange and unaccountable. It happens occasionally. I just look around the corner the moment before you turn. We were approaching a village of Penguin, uh, Penguin and the lair of the vampires. And Peter Cushing is so good in this scene that it took me until this viewing to realize that the writers had slipped by me that they gave Van Helsing psychic powers. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> 
I understand that you love Peter Cushing, so yes. that that's going to slip under your radar. Yes. But yeah, no, he just suddenly has premonitions. He just suddenly has psychic powers. Peter Cushing plays this part like the character is very haunted and just sort of been, has been through so much. He's the quint. That he's, he's the quint yeah. of this movie. It's very sort of like, you, you like, this is a black eyes, like a doll's very, like eyes. Like a doll's but, eyes. Yeah, it's very much that sort of vibe. And he's playing that intention so strongly that, yeah, it took, I've seen this movie like three times now, and this is the third time, and the third time was when I realized... Oh hey, Van Helsing has psychic abilities. They just kind of slipped that by. Yep. The Hammer had been trying to give Van Helsing magic powers since movie two in the Dracula series. Really? And Van Helsing was believed so strongly in the theme in the first movie of science versus black magic. Van Helsing or Peter Cushing? Van Helsing. Okay. Well, Peter Cushing the believed. I, so I just much. wasn't sure how much it was like Peter Cushing's influence on production. Right. Van Helsing was uh in the first movie there was this very strong theme of Dracula being spooky and Van Helsing coming in and being like this is science. We can solve this. Yes. Uh, and it, <laughs> and the science they use to solve it, a stake through the heart. And a crucifix. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but in the second movie, they wanted him to give him the magical power to summon a, a swarm of bats to eat the vampires with. That seems like a Dracula power. Right, right. Peter Cushing said, no, I don't like that. Uh, and so continued to maintain consistency with the character being this person who's a scientist he's like no vampirism is not spooky bullshit it's a disease we can we can solve <laughs> it's this it's a disease and yes. people with diseases must be killed exactly absolutely so i think that this is probably an element of peter how in what a bad place peter cushing was that he let this slip by him at mm. this point he's like they got they got the psychic powers past me fuck it i you know what? I've been there. I haven't had a wife die, but I've been sure. to places where I'm like, you know what? This shit doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm not going to quibble with you about our Hong Kong Dracula movie. It, yeah, it's just unusual because he usually cares about everything, and somehow he decided to let this one pass. Yeah. I think he was just very in a bad place. Probably. Yeah. Uh, um, I wish when Dracula, trans or when any vampire transformed into a bat, yes. it was still like their head, like uh, chroma keyed onto a little bat body. So like Dracula dead and loving it. Yeah, no, yeah. my favorite movie. <laughs> Your favorite movie. <laughs> it's, it's, I just think... It's... it's Repo Men, it's... Uh, it's Paddington 2. The, the Fall. The Fall, Paddington 2, and Dracula Dead and Loving Dracula Dead and Loving, Dead and loving it. it. Leslie yes. Nielsen's only good movie. His opus. His, <laughs> all, his entire career was building to that. And uh, see, what people don't understand is the irony that someone could be dead... Right. ...and loving it. I mean, I that's, mean... That's comic genius i mean oscar wilde wishes my honestly i know i've seen that movie because uh yeah. i watched it while we had obviously i was very young when this happened mm -hmm. but it, we got a free trial of hbo or cinemax or something and sure. it was on there and i was like let's watch this movie sure and i was watching it with my mom and it begins with a bunch of like um old-timey illustrations. Yes. And one of them has uh, a woman with bare breasts. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking over at my mom because I saw this naughty picture and she yeah. just sort of like smiled at me like, oh, yeah, it's 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 cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's the only thing I remember about that movie. Just that, just that etching. Just, just that etching of tits. No, and boy. obviously it had a profound impact on my Clearly. life. Clearly. As Clearly. the Russ Meyer fan I am. 
<laughs> like, I need to see more of that. What are these things? <laughs> I know this movie is about vampires, but I'm stuck on this. <laughs> now that they are in the cave that Chi Ching uh, mm. suggested that they camp in, we see that the cave has a lot of levels to it. It's yeah. built up almost like a playground, and you're looking at it, and if you've seen any kind of martial arts movie, immediately in your head, you're like, the DM's going to help tell us to roll for initiative any second. Uh, if you've seen any martial arts movie, the DM is going to tell us to roll for initiative any second? Combat's coming. No, I understand, yeah. but like martial arts movies don't have DMs. I know. This is a fraught metaphor. Okay. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to outright challenge you on your episode, but... This, That's this okay. Is, that was sh- messy as shit. Yeah. That was ramshackle. <laughs> that was a ramshackle metaphor? Yeah, no, you're a fucking cigarette right now. <laughs> I'm a cigarette? You're a cigarette from Emperor of the North. Oh, okay. You're bullshit. Right, gotcha, okay. Van Helsing is still looking very morose, very trepidatious about the trip. He yeah, put- he looks morose. He's fucking 180 years old. <laughs> He's seen multiple wars. (laughs) He puts down the golden bat medallion by the Buddha statue that the She brothers are praying to to protect it from the golden vampires. That night, Leland is sleeping with with, uh, uh, Microwave. Not sexually, they're just cuddling. They're just cuddling. Vanessa and uh, Ching are also sleeping together, but foot to face. Yes. Uh, Ta the Axeman is standing guard while they sleep, and Van Helsing is trying to stay awake, but is clearly I'm about the to nod axe off. Man. Axe, 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 axe. There are bats hanging from the ceiling, but turns out these aren't ordinary bats. No, they're the six golden vampires. They're the six golden and vampires in disguise. This- as bats. And there is this amazing bit of shitty movie making. Yes. That I love. I, Absolutely. It's so endearing. Where as the bats transform into the six golden vampires, mm-hmm. there's a very blatant cut as they fly behind pillars. Yes. And then emerge as the golden vampires. Yes. And it's like... I love the fly behind the pillar trick. It's I love so it good. Too. It's I so love good. It. Sometimes... Part of the joy of watching movies, the more you watch movies, especially genre stuff, is just understanding how the tricks are done, even if it's not especially clever. I I was watching a movie the other day. I bought Vampire Motorcycle. I did not Mm -hmm. get very far in it. There's a part where this... There are very foregrounded motorcycle handlebars, Mm -hmm. and a guy collapses to the ground in front of them, and I was like, oh... They foregrounded the motorcycle so you didn't see the fucking crash mat that this dude is falling into. Exactly. And there's just this part of this, like, even simple detective work that just gives you this charge. Absolutely. Where you're like, oh, I figured it out. (laughs) There's also just sort of uh, when the effect is really obvious like this. It has a charm. It has a real charm to it of, of just sort of like, yeah. A bat turned into a person. We don't it's, need much more. Than we don't that. need a fucking shitty CGI transformation. Absolutely, like, it's this nice. is just as shitty. It's just more charming. Honestly, it's nice that you just put the pillar there. I yes. like I like that you gave us that much. Uh, you could have done a puff of smoke or something. Yeah, but li- or you could have just had them change off screen. There is literally one shot where the bat is there, and then they just jump cut a vampire in. Like there's they they didn't even use a pillar for that shot. So. The fact that they did use the pillar for, I think, two shots is good. Yeah. Now, interesting thing about this is that one of the ways that they decided to differentiate the Hammer Dracula series from the Bela Lugosi movies was that vampires were unable to turn into animals. 
They were unable to turn to mist. They did no shape changing whatsoever. In fact, Van Helsing, one part of his like, oh, this isn't magic, it's science thing was like, oh, that's just, that's myth and superstition. Vampires never turn into anything. What are you stupid? Vampires don't turn into bats. The concept of vampires turning into other things is constantly chided and mocked throughout the whole series until suddenly <laughs> you fucking maroon now here's i don't remember if this is something i heard for sure happened or something i just decided happened but this is what i think oh also i found my note uh chinese vampires are called Jiangxi. okay here's what i think happened the shaw brothers were approached by these white people and were like, hey, we want you to make a white people vampire movie with martial arts. And they were like, okay, well, I heard martial arts. We'll figure the rest out later. They went in and they decided to make these scenes. It also could be a thing of like, we make 180 movies a year. Right. What the fuck is another one? Right. And we might get an, a more accessible American or mm -hmm. European audience. And they did probably the most scant amount of research they could into what a European vampire was or mm. what a vampire was in general because, again, they don't have that word. Yeah. And uh, they were like, well, looks like they turn into bats. Yeah. I don't know what Hammer is or what Christop uh, Christopher Lee is. I assume it's a British cuisine. Let's just have... Let's throw these white people a bone. We'll give them a little wink. We know what you're talking about. And we'll have these bats turn into our vampires. They didn't know that there was like a whole cannon that they were slapping in the face. Of course not. And also... They were trying to be cute. Since the Shaw brothers were the ones with the money... Yes. Hammer wasn't going to be like, ha ha, no, we don't do that here. Yeah. They're going to be like, please give us your money. It really feels, every comment that I've heard from Hammer feels like they absolutely were going to let Shaw Brothers make a movie and then put their name on it. Yeah. Uh, that seems to be the whole thing with this film. Peter Cushing uh, begin, looks as sternly as possible as he can as the fighting begins. Uh, this is the scene that I think is the reason why we had so much stuff with the Tong in the beginning yeah because we needed to show that the she brothers and the sister are incredible fighters yep. who can wipe the floor with anyone gotcha so that when there's a whole bunch of them fighting a handful of there are only three vampires fighting all of them and some and some green skellies uh so when they're fighting these guys we can tell oh shit is real because the vampires are so much stronger than them okay yeah that makes sense it doesn't work because even though the fighting is good, they don't do enough, I think, in the choreography to demonstrate how powerful the vampires are. Yeah. I could use some more, like, who's that really short guy in the raid moments where, like... Yeah, Mad Dog. Mad Dog is so powerful, he can wipe the floor with anybody. <laughs> uh, but, um, hey. No, I agree. Because even now, it seems like the vampires get taken out with incredible ease oh for sure there absolutely. are six of them yeah. and most of them just get mopped the fuck up absolutely they're, again there are only three in this scene and the the green skellies yeah they're they're fighting them van helsing does contribute to the fight once during this where he yells out punch him in the heart and ching punches a guy in a, a green skelly in the heart and it falls apart Again, putty patrol shit. Exactly putty patrol shit. Um, do you think the vampires are sad when their vampire friends die? I wish the movie made a choice one way or the other. I know in the other movies, Dracula was always sad whenever another vampire died. Yeah. But Do you sing Kiss from a Rose when they died? I can tell you from a kiss from a rose on the gray. <laughs> there used to be a grain castle alone by the sea. I don't know. these. The, I wish, again, I wish that the brothers got characters... 
It, the, the sister guy characters. I wish the that the vampires, vampires had characters. characters. No, that's one of my final notes. Yeah. I wish at least some of the golden vampires had personality. At least some. But all we Again, got were different like colored hair. We said earlier, give me one. Give Just me a me leader. One. Absolutely. Have one of them come back to, uh, to, to Ka and be like, my brothers are dying. Why over, you, over your war? Yeah. That would be great. One of the golden vampires sees the golden medallion on the Buddha and is about to touch it. And I was like, oh, we're going to have another vampire die by fire. No. But instead he's shot by an arrow through the back, which is technically a wooden stake. Technically. Yes. But it also is, it was very, uh, I would have asked the ref about this Yes, one. I know. That's exactly, this is the, also the same way Dracula's daughter dies in the movie oh, yeah? Dracula's Daughter. And I remember as a kid watching that and being like, hold the fucking phone. I don't, <laughs> that's not a steak. Wait a minute. <laughs> Let me see the instant replay. One of the seven golden vampires sees Vanessa and decides, well, that's a lady. Better rip her top off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's white, so she doesn't get her top ripped exactly. off. Exactly. Uh, and instead, that vampire is stabbed in the back with silver swords and dies. Van Helsing gets in on the fight by waving a torch in a vampire's face and to Peter annoy Cushing's it. torch work is great. Of course, absolutely. He, This is a man who has wielded a torch before. Absolutely. He is Spelunky the movie. <laughs> what is Spelunky? It's a video game. Okay. Uh, but yeah, waving the torch in the vampire's face, Shi Ching sees uh, Van Helsing about to get killed by this vampire and does one of the cooler stunts in the movie, a jump, a double drop kick to the vampire's back, shoving it into getting stabbed by the torch. Yeah. And this is how we learn that vampires do get hurt by fire in China. Mm. So it was a good thing that he asked that random question earlier. Yeah. This movie's so good at uh, laying out crumbs and completing them. It's called Planting and Payoff. Yes. <laughs> this movie invented it. Exactly. Three of the six remaining seven golden vampires are now dead, leaving only three of the six of the seven golden vampires left. Yes. Um, vampire math. Vampire math. Boy math, girl math, vampire math. Yes. Three golden vampires. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, uh. Leland looks unimpressed as usual with everything that's been going on. This is where he has the comment to uh, microwave. I wanted to call her micro machine for some reason. Uh, microwave about you're being a beautiful porcelain kitten, but you're a fighting tigress. Yeah. To which she was even more frustrating than that comment is her being like, is that acceptable to you? Yeah, I fucking hated that. Yeah, it's bad. It's, it's bad. The, it's just this. It's awful, actually. It's a lady in the streets, but a freak in the sheets, but also couched in Oriental. Orientalism. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Van Helsing confirms that the Skellies are not vampires, just the undead slaves of actual vampires. I was not giving this movie my full attention at 100% of the time. The problem is, is that, like some, like a lot of martial arts movies, there's a a lot of setup at the beginning, and then most of it is fight scene, fight scene, fight scene. But whereas some movies will hold your attention... This one struggles with that. Yeah, uh, it does. There's not, it there's not have, a lot of meat on these bones. It doesn't have character. Yeah. Or much of a plot. Yeah. Or um, themes. Themes. Uh, there's also just the innate bigotry of yeah. being a British movie set in Hong Kong. There's something very colonizer about this whole movie. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Ching tells Van Helsing that they can't survive another encounter like that but van helsing has gotten the bit in his teeth at this point and he says we can't take another vampire attack like that we don't have the resources (laughs) 
and he says, there are only three vampires left. We'll be ready for them next time. We can't turn back now. we got to go. I want an Apocalypse Now style movie about, like, just traveling into the heart of vampire country. Yes. Which is what this should have fucking been. Absolutely. This should have been just, like, um, Peter Cushing is our Willard. Transylvania. Mm-hmm. Shit. I'm still only in Transylvania. <laughs> And he travels to fucking China during the height of the fucking (laughs) Vietnam War. I love that as he was getting closer to the vampire's uh, world, he became more and more trepidatious about being there. But now that he's in it, he's like, we gotta stay here. This is the one thing I do. Ah! Like, it's very very Rambo. I like it very much. Uh, Peter Cushing's Rambo is a very different movie. I would love to see Peter Cushing just kill a bunch of cops, though. Of course. I would like to watch most people kill cops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if Mel Gibson made a movie where he killed a bunch of cops, uh-huh. I think I could watch a Mel Gibson movie. Though. I would watch that movie. Like, I, I think I could, like, okay, you've redeemed yourself. Yeah. I can now watch The Continental. Exactly. Exactly right. The characters find the Buddha shrine from the legend and the leftover golden mask of the seventh golden vampire laying there. Apparently, it's just been there for... A while. Yeah. Uh, they go to the village, which is, I guess, abandoned. There's just nobody there. Well, it's been ruled by vampires for like a hundred years. Sure, so. yeah. They've eaten everybody or drank them. They decide to, in another moment that should be a lot cooler than it is, they're like, okay, let's set this up as a fortress. We're going to stick, put a trench. We're going to put a line of oil on the ground that we can light on fire. We're putting punji sticks in there. We're gonna make this into a siege fortress that the vampires can come, and, and we're gonna we're gonna take them out. Again, it should be a lot cooler than it is. The movie takes some time out to point out how there are two romantic couples that you should definitely care about. Dracula Ka has his first line since the opening scene of the movie, talking about how they are demons of hell and they're going to fight the forces of good, lines Christopher Lee would have refused to say. Yes. Vanessa has decided that she doesn't care about period clothing anymore and has ripped off her outfit, so she's just wearing a tank top for the Which rest of the film. Which could be a badass moment, but is just, I'm assuming, titillation. It's just titillation, yeah. Also, very bad period uh, appropriate uh, costuming here. They bar the door just like that guy with the straw hat did before. Dracula Ka bangs his gong and summons forth the zombie hordes. One of them appears to come out of an egg. Maybe mm. it was a headstone, I don't know, but it looked like a big rock egg. I feel, I don't remember. I, I honestly don't remember, but I feel like if it were an egg, I would remember because I emerged from an egg. Right. Yes. Yeah, famously. Was, yeah, famously, fully yeah. grown. Fully grown. Um, yeah. Absolutely. You know my history. Yes, absolutely. You were you were you, you were there when it happened. Your mother was one of those rock birds from the Sinbad story. Yeah. yeah. The remaining three vampires Sinbad the black comedian. Yes. Not the sailor. <laughs> not the sailor. Absolutely not. The remaining three vampires and their zombie hordes charge to the town using their control over the weather that Dracula in the book has, but Dracula in these movies never had. They blow they pull a Michael Caine and blow the bloody doors off. Oh, you haven't seen that movie, though. I haven't, but I know that line. Only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Quay. Jaws 3. It's <laughs> my Michael Caine. Not many people know that. <laughs> Jaws 3. And that's... I can do a better Michael Caine. I'm not, I'm not in impression mode today. Not in impression mode, no. That's all right. Quay. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. 
My cocaine. Yeah, that's all you do is say my cocaine. Yeah. Quay gets ready to shoot one of the vampires as it comes into sight, but fails to hit the heart. You got it, kid, John. You got to aim for the heart, Ramon. Otherwise, you'll never yeah. stop him. Ching launches himself over the ramparts and fights the vampire with his bare hands. The other two vampires come up, and Ching is just fighting all three on his own before his other brothers come in to help out. Van Helsing gives the word to light the line of oil they place on the ground as the army of Skellies approach. The brothers gradually retreat back inside the fortress, still fighting the vampires and skellies all the way. Mm-hmm. At this point is when things take a very dark turn. Yes. One of the brothers, I am not sure which one, is killed. Germaine. Germaine, okay. And another brother, who I am also not sure which one. Uh, uh, Barry. Barry, of course. Barry uh, Gibb and Germaine Jackson. <laughs> she, Barry, is kills the vampire that killed the brother by grabbing him and throwing them both into the fire pit that they've built, which I thought was a cool, if sad, death. Leland... Did you cry? No, I didn't. Did you? No. Okay, Did you cry? Maybe a little. Okay, maybe a lot. Maybe a lot. Maybe you're, you're crying right now. Yeah, stop talking about it. Uh, Leland attempts to use bullets against the vampires like a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa attempts to stake one of the vampires as it rushes at her, but she knocks the stake out of her hand and instead bites her neck, infecting her with a vampire plague. Which made me so angry because yeah. Vanessa like didn't even kiss mm-hmm. her Chinese love. Like, no. It's it just, oh, it just was a waste. They would never allow that. I know. He bites her on the neck, infecting her with a vampire disease. The far, the farmers from the, the village... The vampire disease being lupus. Right, exactly. Which sounds like a werewolf disease. It does. But is a vampire disease. Werewolf disease is celiac disease. Uh, they can't eat gluten werewolves. The farmers from the village reappear, having escaped from the plot hole they disappeared down earlier, and surround the vampire, staking it on a shaft of bamboo, and then in one of my favorite vampire deaths in the whole series, beat it to death with farming equipment until it's a bloody mass of clothing and viscera on the ground. <laughs> the, the effects. It's so gnarly. The vampire deaths in this movie are actually pretty great. Hammer is good um, at vampire deaths. There's only the, one that really sucks, and we'll get to it. The The decomposition that we usually see is actually a lot of fun mm-hmm. and is a cool effect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, unlike a lot of uh, Hammer vampire movies where they'll like do a lot of crossfades into like a pile of ash, uh, in this movie they have basically blow-up dolls of the vampires that will slowly deflate as they are yeah. disintegrating. Which is... It, it sounds stupid when I say it, but it looks pretty cool when no, they do I, it in I the film. Cool. Vanessa suffers a faster vampire conversion than the characters from Dusk Till Dawn. Again, because there are no fucking rules in this movie. Right, yeah. She's, which she's, is, she's been bitten once and she's immediately a vampire. That's also the problem with the absolute dog shit movie Dog Soldiers. Oh, I heard that was good. It's not. Oh, okay. We'll talk about it off air. Okay. Because I'm still fucking angry about this movie. <laughs> that took me fucking two days to watch. <laughs> And was fucking terrible. Oh, man. Brad's got beef with dog soldiers. Yes. She does look very nice with her vampire fangs. Ching comes up to, to see if she's okay. I think any lady looks nicer with some... Uh, with vampire fangs? With some uh, Nicolas Cage and Vampire's Kiss style. Like, <laughs> ma Vampire fangs. Uh, I, I, you still need to see Vampire's Kiss. I do. You? I do need to see yeah, Vampire's Kiss. But she, she only has him for two seconds and bites poor Ching on the neck as he goes to check on her. He pushes her onto a bamboo stake and 
much how it's been in the series up till now, when a vampire dies, they're returned to a human corpse, so all signs of vampirism disappear, the bites on her neck disappear. He sees her at peace, realizing that he's been bitten and that he's also infected. He embraces her, taking the stake into his own body and killing himself. Of course, because he's a foreign man. He's a foreign man life. who dared to touch a white woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he must die. Yeah, it's by the a rules real of Emmett movie. Till story. <laughs> Except Emmett Till didn't even touch a white woman. Exactly. Just looked at her, Just apparently. Looked at her. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, glad I brought Emmett Till into this. Yeah, really, I'm, I'm really, really glad. I really, brought, uh, in, in, <laughs> really maintaining the fun of the yes. evening by bringing up Emmett Till. <laughs> I'll cut that out. <laughs> uh, no, who we need to talk about is Malcolm X. <laughs> In my favorite of the tragic deaths that happen in this bit, although Ching and, and, and Vanessa are up there for yeah. me, and that, that embrace is, is a good death, uh, the two sword twins who, again, fight while holding hands, have their hands chopped, have two of their arms chopped off by the vampires, uh, and then are then, like, cut to ribbons by the vampire swords. As they lay dying, they clasp hands one more time and mm. die looking into and each other's eyes. And finally kiss. Yes, absolutely. This is a, a tie-in with Jubilee in terms of uh, <laughs> twin brothers who fuck. The last living uh, of the vampires, because we've seen two of them die so far, goes after Microwave. Leland rushes after her in an attempt to save her, but is overrun by the Skellies. Microwave is kicked so hard she fall flies over the wall of the village. And is knocked Somewhere unconscious. <laughs> over the wall. The last golden vampire throws her on his horse and doesn't even bite her, just dashes back to the vampire stronghold. Leland sees her and jumps on the horse to ride after her. And the fact that the ending of this movie is him saving her and not her saving him pisses me off to no Oh, end. yeah. No, it's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. It's bullshit. If she's going to be a strong mommy. Yes. That's what needs to happen. Absolutely. Like, she needs to see him as, like, someone to protect. Absolutely. And this is my precious cock baby. <laughs> like, I love you, and you're going to give me the dick, but, yes. like, you're fucking useless. Absolutely. And he is useless. He's been useless this oh, entire time. Oh, he's been entirely useless. His name is Leland. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, I just said that that was the last golden vampire. According to the count this movie has been giving us, that should be. There's yeah. another one all of a sudden. Of course. I can only imagine that in the extended cut, the uh, breadcrumbs that they dropped about the medallion being used to resurrect the seventh vampire actually does happen, and that that's what this is. I'm assuming it's because anyone who wrote this script was on, like, ancient Nazi meth. <laughs> And just, aside from being on Nazi math, didn't give a shit. Right, yes. And was just like, there's another vampire! Right. Well, anyway, the two remaining brothers kill it very unceremoniously. Uh, and uh, the two remaining brothers who survive this encounter are Poquay the spear guy and Quay the archer. Yes. Van Quaid. Hels Sorry, go ahead. Quay the uh, bovine. Right, Quay the bovine. Van Helsing and the two brothers head for the temple, where Microwave is being tied down by the last golden vampire on the altar. Leland arrives at the temple first and rushes in just as the vampire is about to rip her top off. They have a fight. It is... Because that's what they do. That's what that's they do. Your, that's their That's thing. their main move. That's their main move. Is sharking. <laughs> sharking. They have a fight. It is somewhat reminiscent of the famous fight between Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee in the first movie. Is it? It is. They have uh, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee in the first Dracula movie have a knockdown drag out fight. I'm sure this assuaged all of Christopher Lee's pains about this movie. <laughs> it apparently this not because he still homage. wasn't in it. Uh, but 
the uh, I just mean after the fact when he was obviously at the premiere sure. with his best friend Peter Cushing Absolutely. and he was watching it and he began to weep <laughs> at the memories. It's still not a good fight but it is somewhat reminiscent of that fight scene. Van Helsing comes in after Leland has proved to once again be useless. Of course. Grabs the spear away from Pokwe, why? And rushes forward stabbing it in the, to the back of the vampire. Does a white person need to be the hero? Right. The vampire falls into the boiling cauldron of blood as he dies and disintegrates. We never find out what the boiling cauldron of blood is for. Uh, it's uh, just tomato soup. Again, we don't know what the vampire cauldron of blood is for, but it doesn't matter anyway because the blood immediately evaporates upon the vampire falling into the cauldron. Leland takes his sister away and the two brothers follow them out, leaving Van Helsing alone by the altar. Cushing feels Which you do. You want to leave your elderly father Absolutely. alone in the most dangerous situation possible. You you simply must. I mean, that's what I would do with most elderly people. Because they're <laughs> absolutely terrible. Absolutely. Van Helsing had a line earlier where he said that there was something about Transylvania when Dracula was there that made the hairs on the back of his neck stand on end. Peter mm. Cushing calls back to it, even though he doesn't have any lines in the scene of... Uh, feeling the back of his neck suddenly, and then whipping around to see Ka standing there, who he immediately understands to be Dracula. Of course. Yes. He says, I knew you had to be here, Dracula. Why? Why did Script. you? Sure. Van Helsing tells Dracula to reveal his face to him. Ka's enveloped in steam, but doesn't do a Linda Carter twirl this time, which disappointed me. Uh, instead, he turns into a statue, and then turns into what looks like a Nazgul, and then finally into Dracula. I don't understand why, but whatever. Um, script. Script. He bitch slaps Van Helsing, causing Peter Cushing to do one of the least convincing falls in his career. Dracula leaps at Van Helsing. Van Helsing just happens to have the broken off end of the uh, spear, and just Dracula lands on the spear. And that is the bullshit, super quick way that they've decided to kill off Dracula in this movie. Yeah. By having him just sort of land on a stick. Like a sideshow Bob thing. If sideshow Bob it's was Dracula, it's just the laziest way. The laziest. that they could give Van Helsing anything to do. It, truly, uh, although this is sort of Van Helsing's eat, pray, love tour, <laughs> where he's like, "I'm going to go to China. Yeah, and I'm going to kill Dracula." A movie that's also a lot more colonizer than people want want to think about. The movie actually did kind of have an interesting climax in the super dark uh, village fight, but this is so, uh, such a hollow, shitty ending. Dracula disintegrates with some eh, all right effects. Yeah, I do know. I do realize for people who are familiar with Hammer listening to this that in the first movie when Dracula was disintegrating, there is a shot where he turns into a gray Muppet. But that movie is good, and this is bad, so I'm willing to forgive the gray Muppet movie. The gray Muppet sounds like some Muppet that they just don't ever talk about. <laughs> and who just, like, they sometimes turn around and was like, oh, he's watching us. <laughs> in the background. He's like a portent. He's like the black dog. It's like the black spot. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, Billy Bragg. There it is. No, uh, Billy Bragg is someone else, oh. isn't it? Uh, we cut to outside of the temple, and the title card once again comes up, Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. The credits roll as the ending comes to one of the most iconic Dracula film franchises of all time. The film ends where the franchise began with a title card saying, Distributed by Warner Brothers. Oh. Always stop and Warner Brother. <laughs> 
<laughs> the seven Warner Brothers and their one sister fight Dracula. Hammer's chairman Terry Illett would later call this film a rather cynical exploitation of that market interest. Hammer tried one more kung fu movie, as I mentioned before. The movie was called Shatter. It also starred Peter Cushing. Shattered. Shadooby. Peter Cushing and Stuart Whitman as a renegade cop whose name is Shatter. And it was assistant directed by Godfrey Ho. It was just a cop movie, had no horror elements whatsoever. Gotcha. As I said before, I think I said this already, the script that was supposed to be this movie where Dracula meets Kali was turned into an audio drama in 2017 by Mark Gatiss. Uh, So if you were really interested to see what that was going to be like... I mean, there's a version of it out there of the pairing of of Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss. Yes, I believe that's uh, how it's said. I prefer Mark Gatiss much more. Maybe sure. just because I love Fat Mycroft and that one Christmas episode, The, the Abominable Bride. Bride. Yes, uh, a movie Mark- in which an episode in which Stephen Moffat draws a direct line between feminism and the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I did enjoy Fat Mycroft, because oh, I yes. always love Fat Mycroft. Um, I, more people need to put Fat Mycroft into movies. Yeah. It pisses me off that Mycroft is always skinny in yeah, movies. Yeah, of course. Absolutely that's who they put in movies. Right, exactly. It has nothing to do with ignoring the character and all to do with, we only put skinny people in movies. Right. Unless they're Melissa McCarthy and we need to make a joke about them. Exactly, exactly right. All right, anything else you would like to say about Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires? Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, um, it's it's not a great movie, but it is an interesting movie, and it is a bizarre little moment in cinema history. Yeah. And so I think it deserves a place here at the It's a least. weird crossover. Exactly. Of like two... It's strange. It's a strange little thing. Of two houses at the waning end of their reigns. That's exactly what it is. Absolutely. Two houses both alike in dignity. Yes. <laughs> both in like fair in Hong failing, Kong. Uh, both alike in failing dignity. Exactly. In um, fair Hong Kong where we meet our scene. So, assuming that Billy is obliging, uh, hopefully we'll come back to you in a couple weeks with Branded to Kill. Sure. Which I am intent on being our next episode. And we'll, we'll see how me. obliging I feel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all up to you. Sure. So, oh, uh, hey, anyone out there with a Criterion uh, collection of Showa Godzilla, the foam, the, the little uh, gel that they use to hold the DVDs in place melts after a couple of weeks of you owning it. And oh, they no. don't tell you that. And so uh, I had to reorder all of my Godzilla Blu-rays from the Criterion collection recently. They will replace them. But uh, if you own them, that's something that they're not telling anyone uh, openly, but Reddit is on their case about it. Gotcha. I remember that happening. Uh, I remember when you first told me that happened to you. Yeah. But, like, hearing you tell it again was still, like, the most mortifying thing (laughs) I've ever heard. I've got a bunch of melted glue all over my Blu-rays. Well, although you don't remember when I had to destroy my Eraserhead DVD or Blu-ray. I, for some reason, didn't remember that, but that does sound terrible. It was very traumatic for me. I'm glad the disc survived. The disc did survive, but you... The main point I remember was... Me, like, literally ripping mm-hmm. the outer case open and you being like, do you want me to try? <laughs> you seem to be that getting upset. That sounds like me. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't say it at the time because I was just, like, sort of catatonic. But I was yeah. like, bruv, you destroying my DVD is not going to be any better than me destroying my DVD. <laughs> All right. 
Thank you for listening. Uh, hopefully we can trim down this almost three-hour episode. Hey, three-hour episode uh, for an hour-and-a-half film. Thank you for listening, and we will hopefully be back to you with Branded to Kill. Goodbye. Woo!